Welcome to the Animation Happy Hour. A podcast about breaking into the animation industry over a couple of drinks. All opinions and views expressed in this podcast are solely our own and are not representative of the companies for whom we work. My name is Garrett. I'm Ben. And I'm Katie. And we are all currently animators at Walt Disney Animation Studios. Before we get into this episode, we wanted to quickly plug our tip jar. And no, this is not the part in the episode where we uh, give an animation tip that is at the end. This is the part of the podcast where we ask for your generous contributions to help support the Animation Happy Hour. So if you hop on our website, you should see a link to the tip jar, which allows you to donate. These tips really help, so consider dropping us a few bucks if you like what you're hearing. Today, we are drinking... OMG. Product gin and tonics. Oh! Hey! <laughs> Congrats to Katie for coming up with Thank this one. You. It's, Isabel's really been on a hot streak, but Katie, <laughs> it's Katie really earned Beautiful her keep pun. on this I one. I just had, you know, that inspiration. Yeah. Like, lightning strike yeah it's like the sistine one. chapel kind of but <laughs> exactly. your sistine chapel is productive yes. god those. touched yeah. my finger yeah exactly <laughs> and yeah here we are exactly is there anything special in a on in a oh what makes up production and tonic well here's yeah. you know i don't it's hard to say exactly maybe our guests can say in the future but i there's something about it it's just don't you know the guests into this so, okay not yet. <laughs> You know, with, with other drinks, you do a little splash of this, a splash of, you know, a dash of that. With a product gin, it's very measured. You know exactly what you're organized. doing. Everything very Everything is organized. the exact amount that it should be. Two to one ratio. Made on a uh, deadline. Made on a deadline. And you, hey, if you need this by 6.30 p.m., you're going to get it by 6.30 p.m. Because this is a product gin and tonic. That's that's what makes it what it is. That was... That was poetry, Ben. A, a, a splash of shotgun production that's, software, that's perhaps. Oh, oh, oh man. We're getting God. ahead of ourselves you know what? Maybe we should have like shotgun some beers for this oh, episode, Oh, my God, too. yeah. yeah. <laughs> this whole episode's just going to be like production-related drink puns. Yeah. Yes. And we're never going to let our special guest talk. It's just going to be the three of yeah. us going over like... <laughs> but that is... Uh, I don't have a segue, um, <laughs> but we are so excited today because we are kicking off our Day in the Life series. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> For each episode in the series, we're going to be interviewing one or more industry professionals from each step of the CG feature film animation pipeline. Um, so our last episode we released was like an overview of the pipeline, and we kind of talked about in very broad terms, like all of the jobs in the animation pipeline, but it was very broad. It was very like, um, you know, a little bit of information for each job. So this series is going to be going really in depth on one job. And uh, we're really excited to start with production management. One of the most important jobs in animation that we feel isn't talked about enough. Mm -hmm. Um, So the goal of this series is to just be a great resource for anyone trying to decide what sort of job they would like to pursue within the world of animation. Um, so we are uh, super excited to kick things off with production. That's right. And before we get to meet our wonderful guests, we wanted to give a quick disclaimer that although this talk will be fairly specific to how things work uh, at Disney Feature Animation, 
Um, typically, the responsibilities of production management professionals are fairly consistent across all of the major you know, feature film studios, be it Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Blue Sky, Sony, etc. So we hope that it will be applicable uh, no matter which company you're interested in working for. Mm-hmm. And without any further ado, I would like to introduce our very special guest for today. Oh. Drumroll, please. <laughs> a big, <laughs> very good, a big animation happy hour welcome to Alea Braxton Walker and Demi Chen. Woo! Oh, that's great. <laughs> no, that's good. Feel right. Alea's waving. I'm Demi waving did a little wave sort of thing too. <laughs> I'm so smiley right now. You guys are hilarious. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so welcome Alea and Demi, who are both production coordinators at Disney, working with us three. And the two of them have an amazing wealth of knowledge, having worked on multiple films and multiple departments at the studio. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We'd love to just kick off the episode with some quick introductions and bios. So we'd love to know how did you get into animation and how did you find your way to Disney? So it's just sort of an overview of your careers thus, uh, thus far and resume. So we'll kick it off with Alea. What a tale. What a tale that is. Um, well, basically, like, I always loved animation. Um, long story short, I uh, moved to California for college. I uh, went to, to art school to be an animator. Um, or actually, it was just basically anything in animation at the time. Just like, yeah, you yeah. know, you kind of want to find your niche. And you don't realize when you go to art school, like, that there's more things to do than animation and being mm -hmm. an animator like yeah, um, it was definitely. kind of like totally. a, um definitely a wake-up call which was great because you're like oh wow there's there's rigging and there's 3d modeling and what mm -hmm. like there's stuff <laughs> right. like that so um what i wanted to do was be a 2d animator unfortunately like 2d animation and especially in the u.s wasn't really um popular at the time mm -hmm. so Sure um, I went more towards visual development. Um, during that time, I got a job and I worked at Disneyland Resort for a long oh, time. Nice. Yeah, Wowza. so I started out as an attraction hostess at Hollywood Attractions and um, worked, you know, all the rides, all, almost all my rides are actually gone, which is really bittersweet. Oh. Really oh, sad. No. <laughs> so, yeah, like Muppets and. It's out to be a bug, Tower of Terror. Like oh, I worked yeah. all the I worked, even I worked a lot in the musical. I was I was helping out with that. And, oh oh man. my gosh, um, those are all such losses. They, yeah, <laughs> those are all, like, so fantastic sad. ones. You know, I mean, change is good, but you know, it's just like my babies, <laughs> my babies. Yeah. Um, during that time, though, um, I was really thinking about what I want to do with my life because uh, I was good. I, I would say I was good at art, but I wasn't to the point where you can get hired, you know, like it was mm -hmm. just not there for me. So I decided to look at other things like production management, which I did not even know about until college. <laughs> and mm -hmm. my professor yeah. said one itty bitty thing to us about, oh yeah, production management and then never heard of again kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. I did my own research on it. And I was like, at the time I was a trainer at the animation academy. And so I was like, oh, I think I can do that. Like, I do that already. I think I think it's pretty good skill set. So 
um, from there, I went to a lot of conventions and um, got uh, got to talk to recruiters and everything like that. And that was my foot in the door to actually get in, into um, the studio for an interview. And wow. yeah, um, awesome. I did a lot of interviews. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I would say I was I'm not, probably not a pro anymore, but I was a pro back then because <laughs> um, I did so many. Uh, but by that, like by that time, I finally got uh, an interview on Ralph Breaks the Internet. And then I got oh, to, wow. I got hired in as a PA for Ralph um, in the stereo oh, department Yay. and also Sweatbox. Super cool. So yeah, so long, long experience of, but yeah, that's how I got into Disney animation and the animation industry in general, which was great. Um, Disney was my first and only studio that I got hired into. That's so, incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's, it's tough because like you, you want to have that internship experience, but um, mm. I can't even imagine now. But even when I was like trying to get an internship, it was super duper competitive. So I never got it. And by the time, yeah. um, you know, by the time I really knew where to look, I was almost too old in, in industry mm. standards to apply oh, yeah. because I was out of school and I couldn't, you know, the credit stuff and all that other stuff. So I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, so it was not really a choice for me at the moment. So I just kept on. That's why I kept on interviewing, going to conventions. But um, for the studio, yeah. So I was on Ralph, Breaks the Internet. I was in Stereo and Sweatbox. Um, but I also got I also got placed into layout uh, on that film, lighting. Um, I was working with the, the, the TDs, the technical directors of the film also. Mm -hmm. And also the tactics team. Um, wow. So yeah, <laughs> they they put me everywhere. Um, so that was yeah. So from there, um, I went to Frozen Two, and then I was in the animation department, which was super, <laughs> super awesome. Yeah, it was so much fun. Um, and then from there, I uh, got put on a new project. Um, and I can't announce it's not announced, so I can't say it, but um, stay tuned. <laughs> but I am in editorial right now, so, so that's really awesome. fun. That's yeah. awesome. So, every department, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, like really spans the whole pipe. There is so a lot, cool. there is a lot. Yes. There, there's a few that I don't know that I definitely want to go into, but yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And Alea and I go way back. I think we started three we started weeks to, apart. Yeah, yeah, like pretty much the, the same. The yeah, same and I was supposed to be in lighting, so mm -hmm. we were like very close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the first time you guys met, didn't you say something like, "We there should be a podcast, and we'll be on it at some point." Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So true. Yeah. That is so cool. I'm, you know what? I'm sure we'll drill into this more in mm -hmm. the in the future. Uh, to come in this episode mm -hmm. uh, but it is so cool we always or personally I always love stories of somebody who when you're in school you always hear about the people who oh yeah when they were a junior at Ringling <laughs> Pixar promised yeah. them that they would hire them and they would mm -hmm. pay them a trillion dollars to work here and be a supervisor <laughs> and like that's the people who you hear about but yeah. for the vast majority it's people it's you know you don't necessarily get your dream internship right away you kind of mm -hmm. and you come in through different routes and mm -hmm. but it does not mean that you're any less successful I can say Alea is very highly revered at the studio yeah. and valued and she's yeah. a rock star <laughs> and um, yeah so I, I think you know having you here to 
to chat with us today is super valuable for yes. everyone. Oh, thank you guys. Definitely. Thank you. And now, Debbie, can you tell us about your path sure. and your yeah your journey to Disney and production management? Of course. Well, first, I want to say I'm super pumped to be here with Alea because when I first met her, I was like, oh, she's also a prod person who's also an amazing artist, and she's done so many apartments, so it's really, really cool. Um, I'm relatively new to Disney, um, but basically, uh, growing up, I always loved drawing, and I loved like the creative arts. Uh, I do have very math and science-oriented parents, and they are immigrant parents, so I always felt like this implied pressure to pursue something a little bit more practical, but mm. it oh, yeah. kind of flew out the window my freshman year of college, because I went to NYU. Garrett was the year... Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Garrett. We were friends. Yeah. Or we are friends. We are friends. <laughs> oh, friends. Oh, wow. We used to be friends. Back friends. when we were contained to the same university, yeah. we were friends. <laughs> Garrett was the yeah. year above me in animation. But basically, oh, I... Garrett is so old. Yeah. <laughs> He's wiser. He's older and wiser than me. Oh, no. no. Um, basically, my freshman year at NYU, I thought maybe I'd pursue um, something in education. And uh, I loved working with kids. And I noticed how much media shaped them and I think the part that inspired me about education was like how kids felt like really inspired um, so I wanted to capture that feeling and then I went to watch Tangled which just came out in theaters mm -hmm. and I still remember being at theater in New York um, 3rd Ave and 11th Street and just oh my gosh I know that theater <laughs> <laughs> yes I was there it was like after a long day of midterms and I just like went on a whim to just see this new Disney movie that came out in theaters and the whole movie in the back of my mind I was like this is the most magical thing ever oh. I like need to be a part of it <laughs> and so I applied to transfer into uh, the film school Tish and I got in and that's when it was kind of like my sign, like, let me see how far I can take this. And uh, I thought, you know, there's no emphasis on production management there either. So I thought maybe I'd go into VizDev or Storyboards. And um, I met Garrett there. It was really fun. Um, but yeah. Demi was like the Sal president at one point. You were like, she was like oh, wow. the top of like... Her grade. Oh I mean, it was like Sal president. Was oh, I, sh I say that like people know what that yeah, means. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, I was, <laughs> I was yeah. just going to explain, but you went to steal my thunder, Garrett. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. So basically, our animation floor is like a really small like floor on the film program. So we're a very tiny uh -huh. animation area. And we had a club called Student Animation League. And oh, yeah, cool. and I just participated because it was really fun. And really, what it just felt like was just hanging out with a bunch of people and like, putting on events, like going to like life drawing or going drawing at museums. And I like really fell into it because it just was really fun. And I think that was probably my first taste of production management was just coordinating all these events and facilitating oh, things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. And I was also a TA on the floor. So I just like being around people. Like I, I love my art classes. I love drawing, but that was the other part of it that I really loved, like that people component. That's awesome. Yeah. So when I graduated, like, I was president of Sal by my senior year, and we even won like a university-wide recognition for our programming, which was really, really cool. So Awesome. Yeah. So when I graduated, I found there was a startup studio that was a vendor studio for Disney Junior, which is really rare for New York to have like a narrative project. Mm -hmm. And they had a PA opening, but they saw my artwork, and they felt like I could do both. And we're a really scrappy studio without a union, wow. so I got to try both. <laughs> and oh I, I actually found out, like, I worked really closely with the art director. And so I found out that I really liked the production side of it. 
And I found myself going home to draw for fun anyways. So when I was at the studio, I liked being in these meetings, like connecting our head of story with our art director, with our assets consultant. Like I liked that side a lot too. So I felt like production management, I could kind of have my cake and eat it too. Like I would be a part of the process, but then I'd get to go home and work on my own art on my own spare time. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of led me down production. So cool. Yeah. And then Garrett had moved out to LA along with our all like close friends like Isabel and um I was you just had to follow us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're so cool. So my first job, it was actually it was a startup studio. It was actually pretty intense and it was amazing cuz I got to see like a whole studio just start up. But meanwhile, yeah. like I had friends at DreamWorks, like in this beautiful, like Tuscan inspired campus with free lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and like we were like buying our own coffee and like setting up like the cheapest <laughs> IKEA table ever. So I wanted to come out and experience like the LA industry. So mm-hmm. I moved out here and I started at DreamWorks TV on a 2D show. And then I wanted to transfer into feature film because obviously feature film, that's what inspired me to get into the industry anyways. And yeah. so DreamWorks feature had a VizDev coordinator opening, which was like my dream department. So I applied and I got the job and it was amazing. And then, of course, to top it all off, Disney was my dream studio and Tangled was what inspired it all. So when they finally had a coordinator mm-hmm. opening, I applied to that. And so now I'm finally here at Disney and I was a lighting coordinator on Frozen 2. And I'm on Raya right now as a character assets coordinator. So cool. So cool. I didn't know Tangled was the movie that totally inspired you. That's such an awesome movie. Yeah. And I also remember like, I remember watching it and going home and like watching like Glenn Key and like behind the scenes, like talk about the behind the scenes. And it was amazing. Yeah. I'm so tickled because it was that theater where I saw Wreck-It Ralph and um, Paranorman. No way. And oh decided to apply to graduate school for animation. No way. <laughs> like I saw those two movies in the fall of 2012 and then was like, oh, yeah. I got to go into animation. <laughs> I watched Tangle Fall 2010. Maybe there's something about that movie theater. There's you know? something about it. <laughs> they should sponsor us. Right? <laughs> this supports my hypothesis. I don't know if <laughs> the way you guys both said it was very endearing and wonderful. But I always say... The worst people you can watch a movie that's set in New York with is somebody who used to live in New York. <laughs> because they're like, yeah. oh my God, I know that place. I used to get bagels near oh there. My oh my God, I walked on that bridge. I'm like, okay, I believe you. You lived there. Can <laughs> yeah, we just know. watch the know. movie? <laughs> oh my God, amazing. You don't know what it's like, Ben. <laughs> yes. No, but really, it was just jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm so glad you guys, uh, you guys briefly touched on something that I feel remiss that we did not mention in our intros that Alea and Demi are both incredible artists. Yes, I was thinking the same too. thing. Like, I was kicking myself for incredible not artists. Yeah. Yes, and it's important to note that you know. I think it's so valuable to know that when you're a student, you often think like, okay, well, I'm not just interested in one thing. I'm interested in a number of things. Mm -hmm. And then it can Mm -hmm. feel kind of constricting to be like, okay, do you want to be an animator? Do you want to be a a lighter? Do you want to be a production person? But know that, I I guess, I don't know. I'm sure we'll drill into this later Mm -hmm. in the episode. But I wanted to say that no, you can specialize in something without giving up on all the other things or, Mm -hmm. or maybe giving up is not the right word, maybe abandoning or something, you know, like you can still Mm -hmm. 
absolutely have those other things and, and do them in your free time or have side gigs or something. Okay. And and I could not think of any better examples than Demi and Alea, who we have right now, who are incredible artists, even though it's not what they do t- for their nine to five, you know. But um, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But wanted to make a very strong point of that right now. Yes, and definitely look at our show notes where we will absolutely showcase their yes. Instagram. Oh, for sure. No, it's it's really good that you said that, Ben, because I was thinking that as well. And um I also think that because Alea and Demi have that background in art, like it just I think it makes you guys better uh, or I don't want to I hesitate to say make you guys better at production because anyone who doesn't have it, I don't want them to be like offended oh, about that. You're like, they suck. They no. <laughs> but I just I think it really informs mm. your job because you have yeah. an understanding of like uh of artists, like what what they're doing and mm-hmm. um I think that's super, super valuable and it just like adds a dimension to your uh background that will help Absolutely. your job a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, totally. I think I totally agree um, with you guys on that. I think it just enhances, to be honest. Yes. Um, our just the, how we work with people and and also just geeking out. Like, you know, we're, we could be in dailies or whatever, you know, review. And then we're just like, OK, yeah, I'm just driving. But Oh my gosh! Look at that! Look at that beautiful artwork! Oh, the lighting! Yeah. So awesome. Totally, you know, like kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. So even though, like, I I will stress that even though we're not doing, um, we're not actually artists full time, like as our occupation. Like, um, I didn't. I cannot believe that on Ralph, I learned so much. I learned so mm-hmm. much technique from just being in lighting dailies. Yes, with Corey yes. with Corey Lawson. So cool. Like, I learned so much. I didn't even think like. Like, cause you're mentioning like my art on my Instagram. Like I never, ever liked to color because color is just, it's just daunting. It, it's, it's really hard. And sure. just like watching just, just the notes that he was saying and everything like that. Like when I started coloring this year, I was just thinking to myself, oh my gosh, like how am I? why why is this happening how's this coming on my fingers and i'm just like wait like it's because i was listening and yes. i was watching it so it's yeah. not like you're just doing your job you you can learn you can still yeah. learn totally it's like yes. it's like a master class yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm with you Alaya. Yeah. lighting days yeah definitely you absorb so much through that exposure mm-hmm. you do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely drill into that more later. We yes. have some yes. kind of questions related to, to <laughs> yeah, like art and, and production um, as it relates to each other. But we, we just want to say again, thanks so much for joining us today, guys. Um, uh, I wanted to give a little bit of a, a quick overview of like the structure of this episode. Mm-hmm. We're kind of have um, Alea and Demi sort of start by walking us through what a typical day at work is. That's going to be the next section. And so we just all get a very big, a very good understanding of like what production management is and what their day to day is. And then after that, we're going to, we got some amazing questions by our uh, followers on Instagram. So thanks for submitting those. We're going to have, yes, thank you. We're going to ask them to uh, our uh, experts here and, and get a (laughs) sense of what, what they have to say about that. And then we are going to end on inside the animator studio, which is a very popular section in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. We just think it might be. <laughs> but I love my favorite 
part about this is there's a little joke here. Uh, we might have to rename it to Inside the Producer Studio for this episode. Hey. So wrote that's, that. that's beautiful. <laughs> you know, the the best way to sell a joke is to first warn people that you're going to have a punchline. <laughs> so I Garrett, didn't know. So beautifully said. It's yes. the most awkward uh, way to say this. So. And that joke was certainly written by our own Benjamin. So thank oh you. my God. <laughs> I hate you. Teamwork. Hey, All right. So with that, I am going to jump into our very first big question. And that is, it's a simple one. Simple, really quick one. JK, I'm being facetious. It is, what is production management? It's a huge question. And as kind of a sub question, I want to ask, you know, not only what is it, but how does the role evolve over your career? Kind of what is the hierarchy within the de- within the department? And I asked that because I remember when I was a student and I would see like, okay, production assistant, production coordinator, production mm-hmm. supervisor. You know, when I was like looking around on LinkedIn and I was like, all of these sound super high ranking and legit. I have no idea like <laughs> who's in charge of what or like all of these sound more important than any job title I will ever have. So like I have no idea what any of this stuff is. So I think we're going to throw it over to Alea to generally explain, maybe with some Demi help as well. Um, <laughs> some Demi yeah. sprinkles. What would you say? Some Demi sprinkles. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, my answer is yes to all the above. <laughs> um, that is incredibly accurate so, actually yeah next question yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving on okay so yeah it's a very tough question um in this industry because there's it, it really actually depends on where you are to be honest um production management is it's a little different um when it comes to live action for example and mm-hmm. animation you know that kind of thing is definitely a different definition um yeah. but i will say yeah. like in general we're overseeing, we're obviously managing tasks um, that really contribute to the success of the project that mm-hmm. you are assigned to. Being a, um, you know, a feature film, a short, you know, mm-hmm. you know, any sort of like TV show, whatever, like that's kind of what you do. You are contributing the success uh, to that. And by doing that, you're managing people's schedules. It could be even the show schedule. It could be mm-hmm. individual artist schedules. It could be shots. You know, it could be like assets. It can mm-hmm. be all that. It can be finances. Yeah. You know, it's just all productive management. It's all on the <laughs> on same umbrella. Like you're managing the actual like show's money, basically, you know, to make sure that everything is on schedule, to make sure everything's budgeted. Um, mm-hmm. even the process of every department, you know, like effects, the way they do things is definitely different from the way they animation does things. And it's definitely different from what layout does and what mm-hmm. stereo does and what lighting does, you know? So, uh, we were basically doing all that, um, and making sure no that, big deal. you know, yeah. <laughs> like no big deal, but, but that's kind of what we, we do. Yeah. Um, and, but the, the big thing is that like the tasks that we're doing, really just helps and it's like that one key of all the other keys to help like complete the film or the show yeah Um, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense if that's like you know like it's just very it's hard to to actually like define production management but 
if anything, it's it's we are we are the partners for the artists and for the mm-hmm. show. You know, we're the ones that I mean, unfortunately, we're kind of like uh, people like to say deadline people. <laughs> you know, we don't want to be that way. We definitely don't want to mm-hmm. be that like you know the 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 hard like hey you need to get this shot out. Um, yeah. But we also want to make sure that we need to get the shot out because we want to finish this movie. Yeah. <laughs> right? so. yeah, yeah. I feel like you gave a really good taste of just like the complexity of that answer and like how yeah. hard it is to explain. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like you touched on a point. It's like we're here to guide the film to completion. So like yeah. all the shepherding, all the nurturing, all the facilitating, like that's on us. And I, I feel like like yeah, I agree. I, I My favorite part about the craft of production management is not being like that taskmaster who's like, where is it? Is it on schedule? Is it on mm-hmm. deadline? But it's like to partner, like you said, to partner with the creatives to make sure that their vision can actually be complete, like on time, on budget, and where everyone's happy. So it's everything you can think of that's not the actual craft itself, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I love that you guys keep saying the phrase. Maybe we should re, re like brand it as the making sure department because yeah. like yeah. it's like make sure for everything. It's like okay, yeah. this needs to be done by this date. They're going to make sure it happens. Make sure this director sees this at mm-hmm. this no, point and gives their opinion on yeah. it. It's, it's the making really sure. Like, make sure people show up to this meeting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Which is like or even, or even like a simple a simple note where it's like okay, like. A director says this and it's like, oh, I have to make sure that I write this note down and give it to this artist yeah, so they don't yeah. forget, you know, yeah. like this is something really important. And if, if, you know, we drop the ball on it and it shows up like way, way later in another department and they're like, where's that thing that I asked? It's like, oh crap, Ooh, you yeah. know, like yeah. so very detail oriented yeah. too. Yeah. So. Make sure it's slash follow up. <laughs> I like, I sometimes picture it like, you know, like, like relay races, you have the baton and like yeah. the mm-hmm. person who's finishing with the baton, he's going to pass it to you. You're going to start yeah. running first too. So like, you're always like looking ahead and behind mm-hmm. you at mm-hmm. like other departments and you're like passing things on. That is like perfect. That's, yeah. yeah that's a yeah. great analogy for Dynamic. sure. Yeah. That's awesome. great. I'm glad yeah. you followed it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I also think like, good, good, good. Well, you, you like, I, I look to production whenever I need like help with something. Mm-hmm. Like if there's something wrong in my shot or something, mm-hmm. or like I'm confused about something, it's just production seems to always have like the answer. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a nice like department that like you guys touched upon this, like they help uh, the artists with like different things. And I think that's a super important element of it too, that we all really appreciate. Like you think you guys said it, like we could not get these films done without, the help of and the assistance of production so yeah and you know what i i love that uh you guys both brought up that like you know alea you know said she had a little bit of hesitation with calling herself like the deadline you know (laughs) and then demi says she didn't want to be the watch tapper and there definitely those stereotypes exist but i want to say like it it is absolutely like if you're an artist I cannot stress enough how much you should see your production team as your ally more so than anything yeah, else yeah. because they are on your team. They want you to do well. They're not in so often it's, yes. I know it's so easy to have a gut reaction where if a production person says like, Hey, are you going to show this soon? You're like, Oh, uh, not yet. I'm freaking out. Like, <laughs> you know, and then it's hard not to have like, you know, negative feelings, but the reality is they're probably, you know, hearing that from the top down, they, they need to, they just want to make sure that either 
A, things are progressing as they should, or B, if you do really need more time, that they can find some way to allocate resources to, yeah. to make that happen. And, yeah, um, maybe get you more time or get you somebody to help you. Yeah, it's, yeah. we're yeah. all working toward that common goal mm-hmm. of trying to get the best thing as possible yeah. on screen within a reasonable budget and amount of time. And um, speaking from my own experience, I think one of, one of the most reassuring moments in my career or, and also one of the most anxiety ridden was <laughs> when I was working on uh, Trolls World Tour, I was working Ooh. on the villain Barb and mm-hmm. she was like a totally new character. And uh, I know like rigging and the other departments had to move through her fairly quickly. So she was kind of a less defined character mm. in a lot of ways. Um, and I was doing some kind of heavier acting shots with her. And my supervisor at the time was JP Sands, who's now a head of animation at DreamWorks. Super talented guy. <laughs> was giving me more notes than I've ever had in my entire career. <laughs> because I was like just not animating her as she should have been animated. And we're kind of discovering the character as we were going. Mm. And because of that, I was way over on all of my dates. And I remember at the mm. time the production coordinator at DreamWorks. Her name was Maggie. Yeah. Uh, her name still is Maggie. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 she's great. She was like, hey, do you think you're going to show the shot at this time, blah, blah, blah. And I definitely had this gut response of like, oh, crap, I'm late. Like, just don't worry about it. I'll show it when I show it. But I decided to just be super vulnerable, vulnerable and be like, Maggie, I am so sorry. I don't know when I'm going to show this. Like, I'm getting so many notes. I'm having a tough time. Like, I really, I'm not sure. You know, I think I'm going to show it in three days, but I'm not sure I'll keep you updated. And she was totally like, it's totally understandable. This is a new character. We're doing heavy acting for the first time. We can adjust those dates. And this will actually help us going forward, where maybe Mm -hmm. we're going to have to budge a little more time for Barb in the future. Yeah, And that was like, that so easily could have been a super negative thing. But I think if you take a step back and say, okay, Ev, we've, we have said this in past episodes, but production people are not up at night making fun of you yeah. for missing your deadlines. <laughs> you know, they, no. they, they just, yeah, yeah. yeah. They want to, yeah. exactly. They want to work with you. And then many times they are artists themselves as are yeah. Alain and Demi. So mm-hmm. they know how it is. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally agree with you. I just think that like, it's so important for, um, just to, just to make sure you look like beyond the, production management title um mm-hmm. when it came to, when it comes to just like working with artists and artists working with production management because like there's so many things that like you know um we can relate to you know like mm-hmm. yeah. i understand i mean, I mean it, it kills me when sometimes why i have to be like i go over especially like when i was in animation on frozen 2 when i was just had to be like hey like so are you gonna show this in dailies and you know me being an artist i'm like oh like i would never want this question to be asked (laughs) i gotta do it you know like i understand exactly how you're feeling and how like you know the deadline and everything like that and just like i just like i would just hope that the artists know that like there's so not just artists in production management like i know in our studio i know people that graduated for writing and they're voice actors and they're like mm-hmm. I mean there there's so much diversity when it comes to like where they come from it's just yeah. that they yeah. just that they excel so well in production management that's yeah, that's the only thing yeah. but like but like behind the scene they are creative and they know exactly how you're feeling 
And yeah. I know like when I ask you this question, I'm sorry, but this I gotta ask. I gotta ask you this question. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. it's not it's not personal. It's just like this is just we're just we're making a movie. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're just making yeah, a movie. Exactly. That's yeah. it. Absolutely. So um, but I think like I mean I've had great experiences and um the good thing is that I just feel like once you connect with those, you know, with the artists and the arts connect yeah. with us, like it's just a better understanding. Yeah, that's, totally. It's always great. Yeah, it's always great to sure. like kind of come to that common ground. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm gonna apologize in advance because I'm probably gonna repeat myself so many times, but I feel no. like <laughs> the essence the essence of production management is like we're here to like solve problems with you. Yeah. So yeah. like if you bring up an issue, like it's our job to like coax like in a solution out of it so we want to work mm-hmm. with you so we're always like trying to solve problems on a production exactly that's great. Yeah. yeah it's so true Problem solvers. yeah, yeah. That, that's like i'm just going off of what demi is saying it's like please it's like don't bottle it up because that's when it does come out that's when it's like oh yeah, i can't yeah. do this like, no <laughs> right. tell us yeah, because communication yeah. is key. Yeah. you tell us the sooner we can be like okay let's see what we can do about this because yes. you know maybe we can work around something maybe this is not that big of a deal you know or something yeah. like, the worst thing you can do Definitely. is not tell us you know because yeah. we're, we're supposed to be your partners we're supposed to gosh, help you that is so well said you can't solve a problem if you don't know the problems there right yeah. so like you right. need somebody to reach out and say <laughs> yeah. hey i'm having a tough time right now production and artists work so uh it's such an important relationship mm-hmm. and it is there is a tendency to to make it adversarial, but it's not like it shouldn't yeah. be viewed yeah. that way. Yeah. It, yeah. We're all yeah. on the same team. It's yeah. like the worst possible way to see it, and it makes no yeah. sense because it helps no one, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and there will probably be times, depending where you work, you know, we're coming at this from a fairly privileged point of view where we're dealing with like mm. feature film deadlines mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. and we're saying like, oh, it's okay if it pushes another week, but. Sure. If you're working in the commercial world, sometimes yeah. it's just like, okay, this has to be done, you know, or yeah. TV or whatever. Fair. And in those cases, too, you can just say to production, like, okay, I'll do my best. It may not be my best work, but I will get it in for the deadline. And it will be something. Yeah. And, and I think in those cases, again, it just helps to be honest. I think there's so much, like... I don't know why there's so much like BS ego and stuff tied yeah. to animation and stuff. We're just like, F you, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> go off into my corner and then I'm going to make magic by myself. And that is BS. Please know that it yeah. is uh, not yeah. how things work. And yeah, don't feel pressured yeah. to do that. And in fact, you're hurting yourself if you're trying to make that a reality. Yeah. One of the questions we got from our listeners, which we definitely want to dive into, is just sort of how does the hierarchy work in production management? What is an assist production assistant versus production cord um, in your experience? And how are sort of how does the how do the responsibilities evolve over your career? And yeah, how does one go from PA to potentially producer? Mm, <laughs> <laughs> i know it's, it's, it's a Demi, long question quick on the draw <laughs> who wants to take this on actually you know what you you took the first question on okay if you, okay Are you, do i do it i'll try it but please back okay. me up okay. oh my god there is okay, so much teamwork going on right now <laughs> with this it. podcast it's it's classic exactly. production oh my god 
See how they just decided who was going to do it and on a timeline. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, go ahead. yeah. <laughs> it's a team effort for sure. So I guess I'll start off from the um, entry level point, which is PA, which is production mm-hmm. assistant. And I feel like the best way to break it down is production assistants are really focused on the day-to-day needs and fulfilling mm-hmm. those. And then production coordinators are a step above where they're looking at weekly goals and then sure. beyond mm-hmm. weekly goals, maybe mm-hmm. like a six-week program. And then Mm -hmm. a production supervisor above that will be overseeing a department. So this isn't feature Mm -hmm. film. And above that, we have production manager, associate producer, we have producer. And so each tier from production coordinator and above, you're kind of associated with another creative supervisor and you Mm -hmm. really partner with them to make sure that Mm -hmm. your department or your area that you're overseeing like meets the productivity goals. Um, So, for example, a production coordinator, um, they might be paired with, uh, let's say, an anim soup to Mm -hmm. oversee a whole department. And then the PA is going to tag along with them to help with all the day-to-day needs. And they're going to make sure that weekly they hit their goals and make sure everyone's Mm -hmm. happy and meeting their deadlines. And if there's an issue, then solving it um, and like Mm -hmm. load balancing. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of that's kind of the trajectory is like as you move up, you just see like a bigger bird's eye view of the production. Mm -hmm. Um, How'd I do? That's great. (laughs) That is awesome for sure. Like, I I think we can really only speak to the PA and the production coordinator role because that's Mm -hmm. what role we've been into. Yes. And Mm -hmm. just I've experienced the PA is very day to day. It's very much what Mm -hmm. is happening that day. And also like. I mean, you do like, especially when it comes to scheduling and and looking at other people's calendars and managing calendars, the PA does look ahead for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Because usually like, well, it depends on what department you're in, but usually like, you know, you're looking ahead like, okay, what, what meetings are conflicting with other meetings for tomorrow? Let me change this. Let me move this, whatever like that. Um, When it comes to coordinator, it's more of like, I, I think. I, I love being a coordinator. I love being a coordinator because it was the first time that I got yeah. to be partnered with the art soup or yeah. new oh, art yeah. soups. Mm. And it's so much fun. It's so much fun to, yeah. to just kind of have that relationship and just like really work things out together, uh, mm-hmm. which you don't really experience as a PA. Like it's when you're mm. a coordinator, when you're a soup and above, that's when you start to experience that like that like partnership. Um so, uh, you, but yeah, like I think you, I think Demi, you totally nailed it. Thank you. You helped me round oh it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was so well said. I have so many. This is like I purely. I don't even care about the podcast anymore. I'm just asking <laughs> for my own interest. Like that's it, so interesting. Um, so just to review for people, it mm-hmm. generally goes. If you were to say the hierarchy, could one of you say it again, just for Demi, I think you said like sure. PA. Yeah, PA. If, they, if you go through it. So PA is entry level, and then you promote to production coordinator, and then you become a production supervisor of a department. So like anim or lighting or, mm-hmm. um, you know, assets. And then above that, um, sometimes it depends on the project and the studio, but we mm-hmm. have uh, PMs, mm-hmm. production managers, APs, uh. associate producers, and then uh, producer. Okay, yeah. got it. Mm-hmm. So when you when you guys say, and I'm sure like for production assistant, where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of our listeners would probably be, if you're interested in going to production, you'd be targeting production assistant roles. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit through, okay. like both of you were in lighting, for example. Mm-hmm. And, and again, as 
as we've said in past episodes, each step of the pipeline is very different and there are a lot of different um, responsibilities. So just for example, could you talk about what it means to be in charge of the day-to-day for lighting? Yeah, actually, I think this transitions beautifully into our second question, which is what does your average day look like? And what more specifically, what does the average day look like for a PA in this department versus X department? So a PA in pre-production versus a later production shot uh, department and that kind of thing. Maybe it's my coordinator brain because I'm looking like weekly, but I kind of want to give like a context for a week and then maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Cool. So I, I'll give an example for like VizDev because it's pretty pared down. But at DreamWorks mm-hmm. for VizDev, we would always have a director review on a Thursday. And so that was our big mm. goal was that big presentation of all the VizDev art that we internally approved that we wanted to present to directors so that mm. they could approve mm. it. And so we were always working towards that Thursday. So like That's Monday, really Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we would be having artist rounds where our production designer, our art director, and our PA or our cord would walk around to each artist's desk. And every day we'll check in to see their progress give notes, see how they're doing. If something was approved by the production designer, we'd like add it to the playlist to show later for the Thursday director review. And so everything was revolved around that Thursday, but everything day to day, yeah, was curated for that day. And we would also have like side meetings, like production would have meetings with other production teams from departments. So like VizDev mm-hmm. would meet with the modeling team to be like, hey, I think this Thursday we're going to get this set environment piece approved so then you can start the environment model so we'd strategize together or we'd have bigger meetings with like creative supervisors so there's a ton of meetings going on and um, then for Thursday we would always prep as production team prep the playlist make sure everyone had the right art artwork included and make sure that all the deadlines looked right and then for the actual Thursday for director review uh, some at DreamWorks is a little different. We'd have someone taking notes. We uh, usually a PA. The coordinator would drive the computer and actually like present the shots. Mm. And then the production oh, okay. supervisor would be there, and they would moderate the meeting and like present like right now we're showing this set environment uh, viz dev and some props um, by this so and so artist. And and then afterwards we'd process the meeting notes. We'd process what got approved, what got notes that we needed to improve upon. Um, and Ben, you had mentioned to give an example with the lighting department. I would say there's a similar rhythm to the week where shot work departments aim to present at weekly director reviews as well. And they prepare for them by having artist desk rounds and dailies. And oftentimes since the teams are bigger and there are so many shots to get through in a movie, we have multiple dailies and director reviews per week. And then finally, it's worth mentioning because the pipeline is so collaborative, we have a lot of cross-departmental meetings too. For example, VizDev will have a kickoff meeting with modeling to launch modeling artists on their assignments based off the VizDev designs. And what's fun is that representatives from animation are often there to collaborate too, since animation would eventually supervise those characters. Another example of a huge meeting um, is whenever a new sequence of a movie is ready for departments to begin work on, we often have a huge gathering with directors, departmental leadership, and production management to launch us into production, layout onwards. And of course, prod staff is overseeing all these meetings to shepherd everything along. And so that's kind of like the week schedule. Mm. And then when you get into the day-to-day, it's 
maybe Alea wants to give like a more detailed breakdown, but it's again, it's like facilitating the the entire day. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, no, I would love to hear what yeah. kind of cereal you eat in the morning, whatever you, you want to <laughs> offer. Too. Yeah, that, that's great. That was awesome. I will say, like, um, what you the, the last part that you mentioned about like um, the dailies and stuff like that. So, so for instance, Frozen Two. Mm-hmm. So when I was a coordinator in Frozen Two, um, basically trying to remember day-to-day so uh, <laughs> my day-to-day was commute right because commute is horrible uh-huh. in california um, <laughs> and then uh work out and then well, go and check my calendar right yeah. so go and mm-hmm. check to see if any meetings were changed for that day and mm-hmm. they did flag it right to my to my soups that i'm assigned to uh check my emails obviously. And um, from there, just work on the schedule, work on the artist schedule. So who mm. is, whose shot is due this week? Whose shot is mm-hmm. due today? You know, like, mm-hmm. are they ready? You know, let me mm-hmm. check the playlist. Let me check to see if there's any new shots in there. Um, that sort of thing. I also was in charge of marketing on Frozen 2 for the yes. animation side. Oh, so man. also I was just like, okay, <laughs> let's see what marketing has in store for me. Like, do, are there any shots? Is there any poses? Is there anything that I need to, to present in another separate dailies that I need mm-hmm. to do that kind of thing. Wow. Um, and then from there, like actually what Demi actually said is that any sequence that was mine, mm-hmm. I drove it. So I did go to dailies mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. um, okay. uh, and I actually took notes too. So I was driving oh and taking gosh. notes. Wow. Um, wow. We got it. We, it, it was a very interesting time. It was, <laughs> it was a great, it was a great gosh, opportunity, great experience. Um, but, but that's what, that's what we did when we were a mm-hmm. cord. So any cord who had like their shots being presented, um, they would have their soup with them. They would have um, their art supervisors with them, obviously. Right. Um, mm-hmm. with their artists and they would be driving, they'd be taking notes in dailies. Yeah. And then from there, like maybe shots are approved, maybe shots aren't. If shots are approved, it's not that simple. There's a little fixes. There's a little cleanup that you got to do, right? So when yeah. are you going to get this out? <laughs> yep. You know? So totally. like, it's yeah. kind of like that where it's like, it's approved, but it's not really approved. So what do you got to yeah. clean up? How long is it going <laughs> right. to take? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Totally. <laughs> you know? yeah. totally. So, um, so just that kind of stuff. Um, making sure you had lunch, right? Like lunch was great. <laughs> lunch was fun in the pack. Um, yeah. And then from there, um, yeah, like after that, like, you know, uh, we, we would have check-ins with the team, right? We would, mm-hmm. you know, like the good thing about what I really miss about being at the studio was, you know, we're all together. And so yeah. if there was something that was going down or, if, or you know, artists are on different shots, they have different coordinators. We could literally just be like, hey, like so-and-so, I see that you extended the time I should probably extend my time too for this shot, you know, that kind of thing. So it was um, great with communication because we're all in kind of the same big cubicle, you know, that kind of thing. So um, mm-hmm. communication was a big key and we would always have check-ins uh, every day with our supervisors, our art supervisors yeah. uh, to make sure that everything's good. Definitely. That's awesome. 
I just want to quickly jump in and in case that this is is unclear for listeners, maybe we did already talk about this, but dailies is a meeting where artists will show their work to uh, the directors for Mm -hmm. approval, whether it's an animator or a lighter or biz dev, whatever. And so when Alea mentions like, you know, going to dailies and showing um, uh, or and driving and stuff. Like the name suggests, that can be once a day or it can be like twice a day. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's even even though it's dailies, it could be multiple times. So it's a lot. It's like mm-hmm. it can be hours yeah. long too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So Depending just wanted to give some context are. and yeah, yeah in, in case that people don't know what that is. They probably do, but. Yeah. Just in case. No, it was good because I don't think we've really defined it. Yeah. So that's yeah. Really a good point. Maybe they're like yeah. really internalizing us, like the vocab. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You touched on a really good point too, which is just the fact that like your responsibilities and the division of labor can totally vary depending on the makeup of your team and mm-hmm. how many chords there are, how many PAs mm-hmm. there are, um, where you are in the production, just like how crunchy things are and just that that kind of relationship and their responsibilities can definitely evolve over time and across departments and across the production so absolutely um yeah it's not like you just learn the skill set and this is how things are forever yeah <laughs> things no. definitely change across they shows yeah they do. um they and do. depending on even like who the production supervisor is and how they manage their team mm-hmm. um that can change things a lot too that's true and also yeah. like even by department like note taking for a story team is completely different from like yes different. like story, very true story development vis dev like oftentimes mm-hmm. you're just taking like by rote like as they're saying yes. it exactly what they're saying <laughs> verbatim, yep verbatim. that used verbatim. to be my job yeah. <laughs> thank you Alea. yeah verbatim yeah. and katie knows and then like versus lighting sometimes it's just like if the shot's approved all you write is approved like that's all they need to know or mm-hmm. you just are really succinct and you just give the artist exactly what they need so oh yeah. yeah you don't yeah. necessarily have to write down like the director said hmm dot 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah this is looking okay you can just put approved no, really, yeah. <laughs> whereas like yeah. other but, times you would yeah yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a great. In story, uh, I had to take down as much as possible because the notes I took were going to decide who got certain credits <laughs> in terms of like who yeah. would get a writing credit yeah. or a story credit. Um, so I had to try to capture as much as possible. Whereas Your fingers get a workout. Yeah, totally. <laughs> whereas, do. yeah, they in really a shot do. department, you're taking down just like the general a summary of yeah. of the yeah. notes. And, yeah, mostly mm-hmm. in the shot department, it's action, right? It's like what yes. do you need to do? Mm-hmm. What does another department need to do? You yeah. know, that yeah. kind of thing. Next um, steps, or just like what what does everyone need to know about this shot? You know, that yes, kind of thing. Definitely, so, those three yeah. things. One little nitty gritty question is sort of what softwares or apps are you guys using just kind of on a day-to-day basis to assist with your jobs? I know Alea's going to gush about Shotgun. Do you want to gush about Shotgun? <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, I kind of want you to because you had like this really great description of it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like go ahead, Timmy, like do it. Uh, Thank you. I'll give it a shot. Okay. So I feel like whenever you think about production management, there's that one Shotgun uh, tracking software and you just mm-hmm. always hear that name all the time. And I remember my first job, it was a startup studio and my 
producers came to me and they're like, we heard about this tracking software. Do you want to just learn it and just like use it? And like, tomorrow? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And like, I never used it before. So it was like very oh, fellacious man. because I feel like in DreamWorks TV, every project uses it differently. At DreamWorks Feature, every department uses differently. And then at oh, Disney, yeah. Disney is amazing because Shotgun's so well integrated into the studio. Mm-hmm. I've heard production people from other studios call Disney's Shotgun like system like the Mercedes Benz of Shotgun. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, so insider cool. knowledge. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear because, yeah. yeah, from our perspective, it's like, yeah, I don't know how it would you know, change from studio <laughs> yeah. to studio. So that's that's super cool to hear. Yeah, it's, it's a great super powerful tool for tracking information and organizing mm-hmm. data and uh, like trending like anticipated information too so it's a lot mm. of charts graphs deadlines assignments um, and every project uses it differently so I feel like my biggest takeaway just like in a like entry-level skill set like point of view is as long as you're good with like Google Excel sheet, you know, Google Sheets, Excel Sheets, um, mm-hmm. ingesting information, that's the skill set you need. And then Shotgun is just like that extra, like very powerful tool that you can yep. use to like organize information. So yeah. it's okay if you don't have access to Shotgun, but it is like an industry standard now that a lot of mm-hmm. studios are using mm-hmm. because it is really powerful and Disney uses it really well. So it's been fun to like, <laughs> nerd out about <laughs> Shotgun. <laughs> Alea, yeah. what do you have to say? Well, I know you, I mean, you like hit the mark. Like is I, you know, I love shotgun. Like I remember (laughs) people telling me about shotgun. I think it was, I forgot who said it, but it was before I was actually at the studio and someone was like, you need to learn shotgun. And I actually like Mm. downloaded the software and tried to dabble with it. You can download it and you Mm. can like, you know, unfortunately you can't do much just because you don't have a project in play, but it's good to know the interface, even though. Totally. You don't have that project, but um, I did it. That's I a was, good tip, actually. Yeah, yeah. I did yeah. it. Yeah, I was like, yeah. anything to give me, you know, like to say that I do, I am familiar with this, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but like I, I totally agree. Our shotgun is pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome. Mercedes Benz. <laughs> Apparently, awesome. it's um, it's really great. Um, I love it because again, like it's uh, I just recently. Because I, you know, I'm an editorial now. Mm-hmm. I recently um, made all of my shotgun pages. Mm-hmm. So I'm like fully in understanding of shotgun, which is just like, it's like this very like, yes. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I'm there. I'm there. Like the ultimate nice. shotgun person. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> You're at one with the force. Like, yes. Yeah. So much passion. You know, like, yeah. I mean, like, because once you like, I mean, because like when you start out, you're like, what is this? Strange yeah. device. Yeah, you've given me like. Why is it called shotgun? Does anyone know? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> pew pew. Oh, that's why, Demi. Yeah, it's because pew pew. <laughs> Clearly pew pew. Too many because it deals with shots. Yeah, uh, productions. I don't know. Like, I just it's I don't, I have no idea. Um, but 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 it's I think it's pretty. I'm easy sorry, to I derailed learn. everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wide. It's fine. But I, I, you know, I think that it's, um, it's, it's very daunting, I will admit at first when you learn yeah. it, mm-hmm. but you're in yeah. it so you're in it so much that it's very, it's a quick learn. Yeah, if yeah. you're in it a lot, so, yeah. which is why production people are like, Oh, yeah, shotgun, because we're in it so much that it's just like, yeah, 
we just learn so quickly and it's, yeah. it's very easy to learn which is really good um yeah so i will say that yeah but I can't. Um, yeah. if it helps to illustrate like there's so many capabilities with it like we enter we type all our notes in it with their review notes app the mm-hmm. notes get attached to like whatever shot or asset is available and you can attach it and assign it to artists. So everyone's in the loop. Mm-hmm. So when you send out a note, like everyone who needs to be on it, who is aware, like all the departments can be tagged to it. And then we can track like the progress of every asset. So like every mm-hmm. model and what stage it's in, in terms of tasks, modeling, rigging, uh, cloth, hair sim, uh, surfacing. And then we can also track like the progress of a shot. So from layout to, you know, anim, tech anim, effects, like you can see all the deadlines, who's assigned to it. So you can be like, oh, you know what? I'm waiting for my animation shot from layout. I wonder who's working on it because I have a question about it and I want to ask them. Mm-hmm. So you can check shotgun and be like, well, the so-and-so is working on it until this day. And so I'm going to email them and ask them yeah. questions. So it's just like very well integrated and organized to help Definitely. the production. If that helps spell it out a little bit. Thank you for, yeah, describing because I realized that we, we, yeah, we, it's good to spell it out what it is. A little um, ambitious yeah. because it's, it is like, it just does everything. Yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah, like a yeah. massive scheduling and pr- projection software. Like That's, every yeah. shot has a yeah. bid, mm-hmm. which is sort of the, creative soups guess for how long it's gonna take yeah and then you track that bid versus the duration which is how long it actually took and um and and all of that info is sort of or accumulated and gathered to then predict like future shots and Uh productions and how long they will take and it's so powerful. I remember yeah. the customizability of it, and it's you could create awesome. your own pages. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, okay, I only want to know like about the shots in this sequence and uh-huh. who's assigned to it and how long that's gonna take, um, or that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah it really is an amazing software. I feel the great. passion yeah. from it's, this. Yes, yes, it's so nice. I, I will, I will say though, like, let's not discount other softwares which would would be um you need to know photoshop let's let's be Mm, honest especially when you're a pa (laughs) oh really is that right wow i had no idea actually i used it a lot as a story pa i would make um yeah i would make a what we called oh my god a b board which Mm. was like i would compile like the defining thumbnail for each sequence so that we could talk about and point to nice. different sequences in the oh. movie to talk about story. Yeah. Um, even even like progress yeah. boards, right? Like yes. You want to make absolutely. like theme to the movie progress boards for the department so they can see like yeah. you're 50% like of yeah. shots or whatever. Morale boosters. Kind of so like mm-hmm. Photoshop is really important. I did use it as a core too. So again, like it just like, it's interesting because you don't know when you're, you're going to need it, mm-hmm. but you're yeah. going to need it eventually. So you should probably learn yeah. Photoshop. That's the only one that I was really surprised about. Um, yeah. That's super interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's a great tip. It's, we, yeah. I mean, we have a tip jar section later, but I feel like we've already <laughs> had like 12 of them. Like, the that's great. Cutting this. I, I had no idea, so I'm so glad you brought that yeah. up for Photoshop. production professionals to know some Photoshop stuff. Do you guys yeah. make much use of like the Google suite like, oh, yeah. spreadsheets Thank you, Katie. I was like definitely going to mention that act, actually after this. Um, mm-hmm. um, yes. So she <laughs> is like uh, what Demi said, she's absolutely amazing mm-hmm. that's all i use 
really now. And also um, just the Google Doc. Yeah. Uh, it's really helpful, especially because you can share the Google Docs and mm-hmm. you can see the note taking live. You can kind of insert the information yeah. to another something and then you can be like, okay, like let's let's like do this, you know? So it's actually really helpful. So mm-hmm. um, my recruiter actually had said like, no Google, no Google stuff. And I literally yeah. was just like, okay like google G, everything. Like, like I, put, I put like google calendar on my phone i mean i, I went crazy yeah like, she said I mean, like she said that i should learn this like let me put like okay this is it like this is what i need to do you know that wow. kind of thing so mm-hmm. yeah you guys did a great job of like yes. uh, spelling what the day-to-day is like Definitely. i feel like yeah, i feel like yeah, i'm yeah. in production oh. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow just yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so we can start transitioning to question three, which yeah. is who or what types of people might enjoy production management? Like, is there a certain personality type that you guys see a lot or is it, yeah, does it range? But what are sort of like the divining skill sets and characteristics of someone who might succeed in production management? So I'm going to say this. <laughs> I, there's some weight to this I'm gonna, say this because, I'm gonna say this because i'm like do not sell yourself short mm. i'm the only child for a long time for like my pretty much my entire entire like since college i was the only child uh-huh. i was an introvert i could not talk to people like i was extremely extremely shy like to the mm. point where if i wanted to talk to someone i definitely like that like nerdy artist where I don't know what to say, but I'm really awkward kind of thing. Like, I was that person, Aww. which is very hard to believe. I'm pretty sure now, but I was that Definitely. person. Yeah. So that being said, that's why I say do not sell yourself short because mm-hmm. if I was that person and now I'm in production management where I'm talking to everybody and I'm like learning, you know, like everyone, like, you know, have to know everything, that kind of thing. Like you, there shouldn't be a type of person in this job because you can always learn how to talk to people and you can always learn how you know you can learn this stuff like if you really want to uh i will say the reason why i learned this is because i worked at disneyland (laughs) you know know, it was the hospitality industry that brought me out of my shell where i had to talk like i was in charge of an attraction it was my job to keep guests safe it was my job to like if something happened, I needed to call security. I needed to call emergency. Mm-hmm. I needed to call a nurse. Like it was my job. Mm-hmm. I took it very seriously. And I, I, and I was, I would say to people who are in hospitality, who's in restaurant industry, do not sell yourself short just because you're in that. That it's a very good skill, and you yeah. should be proud of yourself for doing that. Yeah. Um. That's so awesome. being that being said, like I don't think it's about introverts or like extroverts. Like mm-hmm. it just depends on like if you really want to do it. Like. You're going to have to be a people person, absolutely, but Mm -hmm. you can learn to be a people person. I'm still an introvert, like, in my heart. Like, I want to stay home. I don't want to go out. Like, I want to be strong, but I definitely, like, you know, more of, like, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and talk to people because, like, I can do that too now, and I like that, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, and that's my job, but I can always, you know, go home and just be a Leia and be the only child yeah. and, you know, you know, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think you can, I, I don't think there's really a specific personality type. Don't put yourself mm-hmm. in a box. Basically. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. 
Leia, everything you said, like, <laughs> it resonates so well. And I literally like, I'd like my jaw dropped when you said like, you just have to be a people person because mm -hmm. I just feel that. And that's what I was going to say is like, bottom line, no matter what kind of like leadership style you have or like whether you're extroverted or introverted, you just have to be like a people person and enjoy like looking after and taking care mm -hmm. of people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like empathy goes a long way. Yes. Like, working with artists, just being able to take the pulse on things, read the room, take the temperature, yeah. like that's that's key more than like your personality or anything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm with you. And also I feel like different personality types on a team is better because then you're stronger for it. You kind of cover every mm. kind yeah. of personality when you have different people on your production management team. Yeah, I yeah. definitely agree. I think a lot of this question kind of stems from this misconception that to be in production management, you have to be a hyper extrovert, which right. I think couldn't be farther than the truth. Yeah. 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 You really just, like you said, have to be able to read the room and use your soft skills to work with different types of people across mm -hmm. the entire pipeline. Um, and that doesn't depend on whether you're introverted or extroverted at all. So, um, yeah don't if you're introverted and you're interested in production management don't let it stop you yeah sure. don't yeah. seriously yeah because I, I mean i feel like a lot of i feel like a lot of people have been down that road that mm -hmm. are in production management and some of them just come naturally some of them are actually really outgoing and stuff like that mm -hmm. but there's others that are just like no like i i'm actually a hermit you just don't know it you know like I'm yeah, yeah. So, like if anything like it's all about practice right you need to practice yeah. and you need to and, and yeah. yes there are things that you need to you know you need, you need to know social cues absolutely mm -hmm. yeah um mm -hmm. which is why you practice which is why you get better at it so um so i think you could do it if you want to but i know it's so funny i when i went to um the college expo um i think this uh was it this year it was this year i college expo <laughs> i know this year this year has been um, yeah, yeah. what is like what yeah. um and i got to tour it was like really early this year so it was like probably i think like late january or something like that and i went to like a few schools and i had told them like when i went to school you were required to take an acting class you were required mm. and they just they're like <gasps> like, they're, like, yeah, they're yeah. like no 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 right. no no yeah. acting and i'm like i know it's scary i know it's hard and at that time i was like i don't want to because like i don't want to like i'm gonna i'm embarrassed i don't want to do it people but like it's super it was so fun it was like it's where i found like all my all my like friends from like my friends now, like that's where I found them was in this mm -hmm. acting class and stuff. So it's like, you know, you, you kind of have to like push yourself out of your comfort zone yeah, and, and just see what you're made of, you know, and it's okay. It's okay. Like, it's, yeah, it's fine. Like, it's okay. <laughs> I love that you guys like touched on that. It is an improvable skill yeah. to get better at yeah. social skills yeah. because I do feel like there's this tendency to, to, for people to think like, oh yeah, I'm an introvert. I don't like people like that's just me, you know, and it's yeah. like, no, you can like I love Leia's story about the hospitality uh, and like working at Disneyland, mm -hmm. how that improved your uh, like 
social skills. And that's so valuable for people to hear. Yeah. yeah. When I yeah. first started at DreamWorks, I was I went to Garrett and I was like, hey, I'm Ben. How's it going? And he said, I'm an introvert. I don't like people. Don't talk to me. And I was like, oh my God. But like now he's such a nice I'm guy. A so now I'm like, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. This is my practice. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it harkens back to your story about like messing up in dailies and then you just like get over it and you kind of develop a skill set to deal with that where I remember like I feel like the best production people are able to kind of make light and make a joke of when they mess up Mm. and everyone like doesn't care at all and they immediately forgive them for like just any technical stalls. And really in that room, if somebody messes up or like the shot doesn't open instantly it can be like a breath of fresh air to like take a pause yeah, and yeah. then like, like thank you so yeah, much or you're yeah. like, okay here's a moment to breathe in this really yeah. like sort of stressful high intensity crunch or something where you can turn to your neighbor and start talking while while production sorts it out and it's yeah. not at all a problem it's just like one of those things that happens every now and then so um, yeah, it's definitely a skill that you develop and improve upon. Yeah. It's just how to keep calm in the room and yeah. <laughs> and yep. and show that you're in control and um, and you're yeah problem solving on the spot. Absolutely. I feel like the trait that you really want, like no matter what your personality is, is just like that adaptability and self awareness. So mm-hmm. I feel like when you get into management and leadership roles. You're always self-assessing to grow and improve anyways. So that's the most important thing is like if you can be self-aware about what you want to work on and what you want to improve on, that's what really matters, I think. It's awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And also, I guess like, you know, we were talking about like making mistakes and just owning up to them. Like I feel like it's like that concept of failing fast. And so like Mm, the mm -hmm. more you experience encounters and like challenging situations, like the faster you'll overcome them. And then the more you're equipped, you'll be to like face more situations in the future. I've definitely found like that's the case because I'm also like pretty quiet, like and on like the more sensitive side. And Mm -hmm. I think having encountered tough challenges and overcoming them, it makes me feel empowered to take on things that might come in the future. And I've noticed I feel better like emotionally, mentally equipped to like take them on so i feel like that matters more than like your personality like that's innate or what whatever you think of yourself i guess totally yeah are there any tips you guys have for breaking into production management like are there certain skills and qualifications that you think recruiters are looking for on a resume um yeah to be specific well, I really liked that Alea had mentioned hospitality because mm-hmm. I feel like our job is like we're to be of service of the team and the production. Mm-hmm. And so it, it almost doesn't matter. Like if you don't have a film background, if you don't have an animation background, that's still OK, because mm-hmm. as long as on your resume, I see that you solve problems, you yeah. service other people and take care of teams. Mm-hmm. You look after people and mm-hmm. you're able to yeah. like be resourceful work well in teams and on your own initiative. Like, I feel like those are the keys. Like, it's like the soft skills that we're looking for and not like Mm. specific uh, previous experience in the Mm -hmm. exact niche environment. Just like getting experience on that, Uh, especially like with working with a team, but also taking the initiative and working Mm, on something on your own, you know, that kind of thing, you know, um, that really helps a lot. 
with the qualification skills and stuff. So if I'm like a student and I'm I'm really interested in getting into production management, kind of going off of what you guys are saying, like maybe putting on my resume stuff that would shed light on uh like how my soft skills benefited from an experience, like maybe like I was a, a leader at some uh you know like like sal like we talked about with demi like having like i was the president of my animation group and community at at school that's good or like any anything else like like you guys can think of for that that would be good yeah i feel like the beautiful and exciting thing about production management is that we can really come from anywhere like we're about leadership Mm -hmm. management yeah and i think like even like elaine and i can speak to like our our peers like they didn't all major in film. Like I know someone who majored in philosophy, someone who majored mm-hmm. in international relations, oh, finance. Wow. Yeah. Mm. But they love wow, like, the, wow. they love our process. They love the movies and they're like ready to like engage and learn on how we're actually going to do it here. So mm. I feel like the raw, like soft skills are like more important. So cool. Also, yeah. if you can put like maybe um, anything like when it comes to organizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like just yeah. put, you know, like what, how did you solve this problem problem solving you know something like that obviously you can't really go into detail in a resume but that's also what uh that's also what a cover letter is for but that's also what an interview is for Mm -hmm. but it's just it's again it's it's just kind of getting your foot in the door basically you know Mm -hmm. um but like anything to touch base again on like the soft skills obviously but organization um just dealing just I'm not saying dealing, but like interacting with different types of people is a big thing too, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, that's like real, real, real key, obviously, because yeah. we were I, just, we're talking to everybody. Yes. Hospitality, retail service, like yeah, customer service, mm-hmm. all so those skills, they really translate yeah. into production management. They do. Yeah, definitely. That's so Gosh, valuable. That, yeah. That's so great. Yeah. I love that you guys are offering up this knowledge for everyone because mm-hmm. I, I know I certainly would not have guessed that um, as a student, you know, mm-hmm. coming in, mm-hmm. like, because it sounds like so official and it is official mm-hmm. to be, you know, a member of production management. But it it can be very encouraging, I think, to hear that you can come from a variety of different places and end up there. Yeah. So you guys have kind of already answered this, but I'm just going to ask it because GD, it's on our Google Sheets. <laughs> so, um, so it was, do you need to go to school specifically for production management slash have a degree in production management to work in that? I don't think there's an actual, at least from my knowledge, I don't think there's an actual program for production management, to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> right. um, We're so niche. We're so special. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, like a uh, little insert there. Um, so, which is why me and Demi are stressing that we, all of us come from so many different backgrounds is that we mm-hmm. just, for some reason, we're like, oh, I'm good at this. Okay. Let's, let's try this yeah. as a career. That's you know? awesome. So I, I wouldn't, again, don't put yourself in a box. And I don't think there's really the box. I mean, I really don't think there is a box to put yourself in when it comes to a degree um, for production management. Obviously, like mm-hmm. studios do, they they would love for you to um, have a degree, right? It's always in the qualifications, that kind of thing. I haven't really looked at a, um, um, what is it, like a actual 
job description for a long time. So I don't know what's <laughs> right. out there, but I'm pretty sure, I mean, I would say it's probably the same thing that I read when I was trying to get in where, you know, qualifications, here's what you're going to be doing. Here's what we want you to have, that kind of thing. So, um, but there is no, to, to make that answer pretty short, I don't know of a degree that actually is just production management, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Closely, it, yeah. yeah, closely related, do you, this is a, kind of another question like a listener kind of sent, which was, do you need to know about the 3D animation pipeline beforehand to get into production management? I didn't. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> that. Um, yeah, so um, I'm going to say no. Um, you do not. Yep. But mm-hmm. I will say with what we said about skills and qualifications, that helps them see that you are the right fit and that you mm-hmm. are yeah. very easy to train yeah, so that you can sure. learn it quickly. Oh, that's a good point. That's a yeah. good point, Alea. The idea of easy to train is like, I feel like when we're looking at resumes, we're looking at potential to grow with our studio. Yeah. Like when mm-hmm. we're looking at someone's profile, we're like, will they train and grow with us like for a long trajectory? And mm-hmm. like, do they have a lot of potential? So I feel mm-hmm. like no. But I also know that like when I was talking to recruiters at Disney Features specifically, like mm-hmm. their big tip was just to brush up on like watching like behind the scenes DVDs of how they make movies here. Mm. Like that just mm-hmm. really helps like, oh wow, yeah, it just helps show that you kind of have an understanding or an idea of their process or that you're eager mm-hmm. to learn more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, with regards to knowing 3D animation pipeline, like it's more about the eagerness to want to learn, um, mm-hmm. but it does help if you already know. And the thing is like, even for me, like I entered having like, like, for example, I entered character assets and I had an understanding of modeling, surfacing. Like, I've done that in a CD class before, but mm-hmm. the actual yeah. craft itself is so niche and so complex. Like, you'll never really deeply learn it. So as long as you mm-hmm. get the right. grasp of it, you'll, like, continue learning yeah. as you grow with the department. So there's no expectation off the bat. Totally. This kind of relates to all that, but I was curious, like, does experience at one animation studio translate into another? Like, if you have you know, experience at a small studio or something, do you feel confident that you can do the job at any studio is it, or is it super different everywhere? This is for you, Demi. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Give him my best shot. Because Alea is born and bred. Yeah, born and bred. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing <Disney> else. Company. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Demi is the wizened. She's been everywhere, done everything, right? I've been around. I've seen some <laughs> 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 no, Demi and Alea are both youthful, very spirited people. There we go. Just put that in. I didn't know where to go with that after We're keeping youthful, that in. So I said spirited, it. yeah. Cut it all, please. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I feel like Ale and I will both probably say that, like, the general philosophy towards production management and the approach is, like, foundational across the board. It'll always be the same, like, being really hospitable and of service, Mm -hmm. resourceful, like, have the initiative. Um, I do think that every project is super, super different. Every studio Mm -hmm. is really different. Every culture is really different. So I feel like that's when adaptability comes into play. And I think it's been really cool for me to experience like what a vendor studio CG series is like, then what's a 2D TV series like, then what's 
um, feature at Disney compared to DreamWorks like. Um, and they've all been really different. And I think even at Disney, you can say that each project is different. The teams can be really different, like the show leadership as well. Yeah. The, yeah. the inherent story and the, like the vibe of the movie and kind of trickles down. So I feel like everything is different, but the raw like foundational skills are the same. But I will say like for people who want and like that entry level experience as a PA, like it's an ex- really exciting time right now. Like there's so many projects being greenlit, like all across the industry. And so it's good to just kind of experience a variety because it's only just mm-hmm. going to make you stronger for it. And in that sense, you'll just, you'll make a lot of memories. Again, you'll be like equipped with like all different kinds of encounters and like situations. So that's like the big takeaway, I think. That's I'm going to awesome. add to that. Uh, I'm going to add to that, but also rewind. <laughs> to, to our first question about skills and qualifications, we missed a key qualification, and that's adaptability. And mm. you said it, Jimmy, yeah. and like we missed it. And like adaptability is super duper important. That is like mm-hmm. our job. Like that is yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many times where we are prepping for something, and all of a sudden something just happens, and you have to just on the fly like just work it out. Yes. And then go to the next yeah. director meeting with whatever that happened five minutes ago. Like, yes. I mean, so, so if anything, you can't take things personally. You just gotta just keep on going, <laughs> yeah. keep on doing it. This is a new information. Okay. Well, what I did yesterday for five hours, wrap it. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. You know, like seriously, like you yeah. have to get it, it, it pivot. It's a tough skin thing, but adaptability is key, yeah. and do not take things personally because it's not. Yeah, it's, it's that's not about so valuable. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not about. It's not like aimed at you. It's just the way things are, and it happens yeah. so much in our job yep. that like a lot of us are like, okay, whatever, cool, let's do this. You know, like <laughs> again, you know, but like um, I forgot we did not mention that, and that's really important. So yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you highlighted that. I also did want to mention. Uh, there's often a question between like what production management is like for animation TV versus feature. And mm-hmm. I feel like the statement that always comes up, and I just want to take this moment to clarify, is people always say TV is really fast paced. And so mm-hmm. when I transitioned from DreamWorks TV to DreamWorks feature, I had all these people coming up to me and saying like, oh, Demi, it's going to be such a breeze. TV is so fast paced. Like feature <laughs> is. And I was like, okay. And then I get to feature, like cut to like the next Monday. I get to feature. I'm in meetings all day. I'm not even at my desk. I'm like drinking water <laughs> while I'm on the way to a meeting. I'm like, when am I going to go to the bathroom? <laughs> oh, wow. So, it's all fast paced. I think what they mean by fast paced and what sounds misleading is like the time, like the schedule and budget allotted to spend like the love and intention yes. on something mm-hmm. is shorter in TV just because mm-hmm. of the, the nature of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the day to day is always like intense, dynamic, exciting, challenging, no matter where you are. So I did yeah. want to yeah. take that beat to say it's they really are important. both really respectable areas. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's really great point. Something you both kind of touched on, which I love and that we've kind of touched on in past episodes mm-hmm. is that it is so different. Like you said, project to project, studio to studio. Uh, but what remains consistent is kind of the super, super core aspects of what you're doing and what type of person excels in these roles where, yeah, okay, if you're adaptable, if you're somewhat of a people person, regardless of whether you're an extrovert, an introvert, or, you know, mm-hmm. and 
you know, have an interest in what you're doing. Um, it's absolutely the same for artists or any discipline where it's like, okay, the, the core of what you're doing is similar, mm -hmm. but studio to studio, movie to movie, it can be like a totally different environment. So I think for the three of us, something we've talked about before is that, um, definitely have your goals of studios you want to work at and, and dream projects, but keep an open mind because if yeah. you're just wanting to go to Sony because they made Spider-Verse, mm. it's never going to be those exact same, uh, that exact same scenario again. Okay. It will never be yeah. Sony making the first Spider-Verse again. Yeah. It's going to be a sequel, different leadership, different things, yeah. mm -hmm. probably a totally different vibe, you know, mm -hmm. and on, uh, I'll just speak to DreamWorks because I was there for longer than I've been at Disney, but like how to train your dragon versus abominable, mm -hmm. totally different feel to yeah. the movies, yeah. like night and day difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but what remained consistent was what I was doing 90% of my time, which was animating, you know, and yeah. what remains and, consistent for, or sorry, go ahead. And Katie. the people yeah. you're working with and the yeah. quality of the people you're working with. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's so important just to be passionate about your craft, which yeah, as for sure. we're, we're so privileged to have Alea and Demi here who are clearly passionate about production management. But if you're getting into something just because you like a particular movie or studio, I would really, uh, there's no way for me to say this without being like the biggest downer in the world, but I would really like re-examine uh, what's motivating you because, you know, any movie you've seen that it's like the most tragic and most beautiful things about movies, I think, is that, you know, there will never be a situation that is the exact same as that. These movies, you know, are made and they go out into the world and then it will never happen the exact same way again. Every scenario is different. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so you just have to, I think you guys said beautifully there that, you know, the, the core principles are similar or the same from movie to movie or company to company. And you have to, I think that's where you kind of have to draw your happiness and self of, that's, or in, in a sense of self-worth. Yeah, I, that's awesome, Ben. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Like I would... Um, I mean, I think the two films I would love to have created would be my all-time favorite, Fantasia. I would love to have mm. oh, Fantasia. That's, awesome. that's the one that that's the film that actually got me into got me into wanting to be in Disney was Fantasia, oh. and mm -hmm. Robin Hood, which I oh, absolutely man. love. Nice, right? Um, yeah. You mean with Kurt Russell, right? Right. So Udalati, right? So. Yeah, like, but like, I, I totally, I, I feel like um, people sometimes have rose color glasses on, right? And mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. they have this perception. And it's, 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 it's really about being open minded, you know, to reality. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to be, you know, like, this is, um, you're never gonna have another Lion King or Little Mermaid. Sorry, it's yeah. just not gonna happen. <laughs> right. You know, like it, yeah. it, it was done so well that that's it. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, but, but you could contribute to the next film and it'll be fine. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So, but I totally agree with you, Ben, on yeah. that. Okay, so one of the the last questions we have here in our day in the life section is, what are your favorite parts about your job, and then what are your least favorite parts uh, about your job? Um, and maybe kind of like what are some of the biggest challenges you have um, in your job in general? Most challenging and favorite part is 
um, going to, it's funny, both going to a different, <laughs> going to a different team, going to a different department, mm. um, because you, you like, you're on the battlefield with, you know, your department yeah. and your team mm. and you guys went through stuff together. And when you have to leave, it's just, I mean, that's like kind of the production management where you're like, I, I can't stay. I got to go. Oh, I will yeah. always have to leave. I will never, ever be like in one department always. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you get a really good connection with that team and you're just like, yeah, this is great. You're always in the back of your mind. Like, this is going to mm-hmm. end at some point. We're going to have Aww. to go. Aww. And it's so yeah. sad. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's so sad that like a lot of teams are like, we, we can't let this go. Let's have monthlies. Aww. On the calendar, we do like fro- every, you know, we have monthlies, and we're like, okay, you know, like how's everyone doing? Because we just can't let it go because we yeah. just, you know, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Um, the challenging part is that when you go to a new team, you have to prove yourself that you <gasps> vouching for them. You're like, yeah. no, I have your back. Oh yeah. And yep. some of them are kind of skeptical. They don't, they don't say it, but their body language, their emotions are saying differently. And you're like, no, gotcha. but I have yeah. your back. You don't know it yet, but I got to prove myself now over again. And it feels like every department yeah. kind of is almost like that. Some aren't. Some are really great. Some are very, like, standoffish, though, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when, like, my least favorite, because I'm like, I have to prove myself that I will you know, like vouch for you in a room if you're not mm-hmm. there and I'll make sure that you're not overworked. I, I will do that for you. You just got to give me a chance, mm-hmm. you know, yes. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, especially when they come from a really great team and they're like, oh, what are you going to do? You know, you know, that kind of thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's yeah, such a good yeah. point. So, <laughs> I didn't think of that, yeah. but that's so real. It's like you, <laughs> because production management, we have to rel- be well-rounded and like visit other departments. Like, that I didn't even think about that, but it's so true. You have to like start over to build this connection with someone new to gain that trust. Yeah, that's a great yeah. point. Should we get the least favorite parts over with and then we talk about our favorite? Yeah. That's true. Right. Yeah, 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 that works. Yeah. That. Yeah. Well, and on a positive note. Um, for me, so I guess this kind of applies broadly to any leadership or management role. And the good thing is as you continue your career and you grow as a leader, the humbling and wonderful thing is that people start to seek you out for help and it almost feels like you take on the role of a therapist. And (laughs) I actually enjoy this emotional aspect of like our line of work a lot, but it is Mm. a lot of emotional labor and it's important to recognize that it takes a lot of energy. And then I guess where it leads Mm. to like my least favorite aspect of the job is it becomes to be more challenging when you take on responsibilities that might start to overlap with HR. And Mm. these are very occasional situations, but for example, I'm thinking performance management issues. I think production supervisors especially, they do a really great job like shielding their cords and PAs from having to deal with these situations. But I've been really close to some of my leadership where they've allowed me to kind of get a glimpse of it just so I sense like and understand like that's your responsibility as a leader as you climb the ranks. And so I guess like if you have someone you're managing on your team who isn't maybe doing well professionally, whether it's related to their actual work performance or maybe their attitude or maybe with like navigating office politics. I feel like it can be a really big daunting responsibility to be that leader, to help navigate and facilitate that. And it just takes a lot of like experience and EQ and maturity to navigate situations like that. 
Um, but these things happen like no matter what your industry or setting, it just comes with any leadership role. So I would say it's not like devastating or anything. And it's only if I had to pick a, pick like a least favorite aspect um, of the job, it would just be like navigating these more challenging office situations. But that for makes a lot of sense. Mm, mm. Yeah. Now bring us back up. We want to we <laughs> end on a high note. <laughs> uh, I would say what I love about um, every department is different. And every department has, I would say, their, their traditions, which are so fun. Um, <laughs> I just love them. Like, I love them so much. Like, Serial has their traditions that they do with their team. Animation has their traditions that prank in. It's so awesome. Like, it's so great. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, you know, like, just, it, it's, it's just awesome how, like, karaoke. I mean, it's just great how, like, oh. other departments, like, handle That's things so cool. just to bond. And, you know, and they will like, it doesn't matter if you're new. They're like, okay, come on. Like, it's your time to sing. Let's do it. You know, it's, it's, it's really <laughs> great, you know. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's one thing that I really like about my job because even though there, there can be times where people are skeptical, there also can be times where people are just very much like, you're, you're, you're a part of us now. Let's, come on. Let's, let's do mm -hmm. some stuff. Let's do some team bonding. And, and they're very sincere about it. So that's great. Camaraderie. That's yeah. awesome. That's, that's so awesome. I have two favorite things. I guess one, and it's like the sign that I was like meant to be in production management and pursue <laughs> it. It's like <laughs> when you are like a well-oiled, like a well-oiled machine with your team and like you just have an amazing week. Like I remember on Frozen 2 lighting, there was like a crunchy week, but not only did we like meet our productivity quota, but like our my team shots, like they just blew everyone away. It just felt so good. Oh, man. Like leaving so that cool. review, everyone's like so triumphant. It just feels so good. And like everyone's just kind of like kind of breezing and like uh, just like so in sync. Like it just feels so fulfilling. And like I remember like leaving that Friday and like I almost like had like a high, like an adrenaline rush because <laughs> it felt so That's good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing, I, I think we kind of mentioned it before with like the art background is like it's such a privilege to see like just like this master class of animation in general yeah. like every time a shot goes through every department it just gets plus so much and it's just so magical to see and then once it reaches like the final lighting and dci it's just like so cool to see like all this love and all the problem solving that went into like one shot you like see that shot over and over again you think of all the artists who like put in all the work and love yeah. into it and it's just like super fulfilling and cool yeah, that I mean, is amazing. I was going to piggyback yeah. off of that yeah. if I could. But uh, what Demi touched base on, like, it is so fun, even though it, it sucks to sometimes move departments. It's so awesome to move departments, too, because, like, you have no idea the process of what they're what they do to make yeah. the shot what it is. And once you do, you're just like, what? <laughs> like, you're amazed. Yeah. You're amazed. <laughs> you're just like, ugh. Like when I was in stereo, I'm like, are you kidding me? You guys, what the, how did you do this? You know, like, and I mean, same thing with lighting. You're just like making it so beautiful and just like the yeah. final cut, like animation, like mm -hmm. the reference you have to do. I mean, then just layout. It's like you're basically like for, for those that don't, that can't have the concept of layout, say that you're in, like you're on a set and you're in a room and there's props and there's a character and there's like, you know, there's everything there. And layout is literally like the camera that puts all that together. Like you're looking at the camera. That's what layout is. That's insane. Yeah. Like, and they do that like <laughs> yeah. from 2D storyboards to 3D. 
Yeah. That's crazy. Every step of the way, it's just plus. There's storytelling in every single department. Like layout, there's so much. Like layout, previs, it's like the cinematography, the staging, the composition, translating from 2D boards to 3G. Like it's just insane to see how everything stacks up and just like culminates in just like art. It's so cool. It's yeah. so like yeah. interesting because yeah. animation is such a like everyone always says, oh, it's a collaborative medium. It's a collaborative medium, but like it's easy to forget. <laughs> That's because... how they say it exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy to forget though because we're all in our bubble like of animation and like Ooh. we just work on our shot. But you guys have a kind of a nice opportunity to see like, yeah. oh, this shot that Ben and Katie animated is going to now go into lighting or now going to CFX mm-hmm. and then go to lighting and yeah. do amazing mm-hmm. stuff. So. Very cool. Yeah. So that fun. is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh, guys. That was, that made me happy to be in animation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was very inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. Right <laughs> All right. So we are now transitioning to our listener questions. So thanks again to our listeners for sending us some questions over the gram. Um, and we're going <laughs> to the gram. So cool. Some wow. social media lingo for you guys. Uh, <laughs> So our first question, which is maybe a slightly juicy question, is do you have good job security? And more specifically, can you kind of describe what happens at the end of the film and when a movie or show wraps? Um, Do you have to job search again or do you interview again or do you just kind of transition to another department? Uh, Well, I would say at this studio, uh, I transition into another department. And um, it's mostly, again, it, it's, it's very much kind of like you don't do an interview or anything, but it, it feels like there's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of thought on where you're going. Like they just mm-hmm. don't put you somewhere and then boom, take it. Yeah. Um, they, it's a lot of consideration to make mm. sure that you are still on the right team um, and you're still successful, which is really nice. That's um, cool. So... So yeah, like we, um, yeah, there's no interviews or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. transitioning to different places. And, you know, sometimes it's not even film. Sometimes it's different stuff. Like I was in Creative Legacy for about, I think, a good six months. That's right. Um, which a lot of people don't know about, which is it's so awesome. I mean, it's, it's such a great, <laughs> I had no idea what it was. And tell us about yeah, it. Actually, yeah, actually, can you, you guys describe it, it for is either. <laughs> so, I'll tell you, but it literally is, you know, us teaming up with Imagineering and with cruise mm. lines and with restaurants and with hotels because all that oh, stuff wow. is our property, right, that they're using. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, you know, we are collaborating with them on all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and a lot, I had no idea we even had a section like that. Until when yeah. I was yeah. in it, and I was like, "This is so awesome! What?" You know. So, um, so again, it's just all about the right fit. And sometimes you're in there because you're like, "Oh, you know, let's put you in here." It's a different skill set because it's not about dailies or anything like that. It's more about like you know working, you know, internationally with people. That's still mm-hmm. a part of the studio, but you're just working internationally now. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about etiquette now. You know, it's great skills learned. Um, and then you're like, okay, well, you're good now. I mean, I mean, you know, like now we can use you on this other feature. Now we can mm-hmm. use you on this other movie, you know. So, um, so I will say, you know, it's just more about the right fit still. still about yeah. The right fit. yeah, actually, can you guys talk about um, the relationship with the artist manager um, and how that kind of 
yeah, can decide where you might go next and that sort of thing? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess for the listeners, like our artist manager, she almost for projection management feels like our kind of like a guidance counselor. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like Alea mentioned, she's she Alea has been in so many departments and uh, our artist manager is there along the way to look at staffing globally and mm-hmm. then for our individual goals. So I think at Disney specifically, they want you to be well-rounded and experience a lot of different areas and departments. So mm-hmm. that's been really cool. And I think that adds to the job security where it's like there's always going to be a need at some team, some department somewhere. And then they try to consider like your fit within like the department and how you would fit in with the culture of the team and then with Mm -hmm. like your career trajectory like have you not done shot work before should we put you in shot work should we put you somewhere front end so that's been pretty cool at Disney um yeah yeah they want you to grow it's great they want it's awesome Mm -hmm. and I think that's really important for producers because you want to be able to speak to like experiencing a wide array of the pipeline Definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And I have a quick question. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if this even feel free to just like shut it down if you're not sure or if mm. it's a dumb question. But does that um, does that process transitioning from one film to another change very much depending on kind of what level you are versus like you guys are obviously chords right now. Um, if you're a production assistant or supervisor, do you guys know much about how might that might look different for those you know different different levels no i mean i mean i don't know for sure i I know pa and cord very much the same okay cool very much the same sort of talk so um i I can't speak for supervisor and up but i know PA and cord it was very much like what are you interested in yeah oh i want to do this apartment this apartment this apartment if i can you know that kind of thing yeah. mm-hmm. you know just really filling out what you want to do and why you want to do it you know like what are your goals for this time? yeah you know like yeah I, I will say like the cool thing about entering as a PA is I feel like you get to turn over different departments faster so mm-hmm. that's okay. really cool for an experience you grow really quickly you meet a lot of different teams really quickly so that like yeah. establishes your, like your understanding of the studio really well yeah Um, and then I do feel like there are departments that are more intensive than others, like in terms of the workload and crunch. So I know like my impression is like for like production supervisors, the, the casting for the department is like really crucial to see like Mm -hmm. what you can, um, supervise. Sure. Um, It sounds like the job security, um, element is like pretty positive, especially at Disney. And I wanted to kind of ask a follow-up kind of maybe this is mainly for Demi, but do you think that same process applies to other studios? Like, is it globally like, I mean, obviously you don't know globally, but like in other studios, do you think it's the same process or do you think it's more like, um, like I know for instance, like artists, it's very contract based, Mm. you know, where it's like, okay, you're hired for this contract and then, then you end. Is it similar for production or is it more kind of along the lines of what Disney is. Good question. That's actually, we're on the same way then because I was going to try to touch <laughs> upon that. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I think, so we're contracted to the studio and not like a specific project usually. So I know at Dreamworks TV, they have a similar um, person who's kind of like the guidance counselor and she usually has you 
like do like a very soft interview or at least chat with another show's leadership before she casts you somewhere else. Um, but they are really good about retaining you within the company. Mm-hmm. And okay. then DreamWorks feature is interesting because they, they have the same philosophy, but you do interview with show leadership for different projects. Mm-hmm. So oh. it's an interesting, like slightly different method. Um, yeah. Definitely. I'm not gotcha. sure about other studios, but I feel like it's generally like you'll always need a decent amount of prod staff per project. Mm-hmm. So I feel like job security is pretty decent. Yeah, yeah I can add on to it a little bit. Like yeah. I think at, at Blue Sky IPA there, it was also very similar where they made a conscious effort to rotate people through departments with the objective of like making them well-rounded so then they can move up the career hierarchy and it's certainly easier to keep someone in-house than it is to kind of train a new person so for studios where they have a rotating schedule where they have consistent work I think it's definitely like there's good job security for production staff where you might have less security is with more like freelance type pop-up projects that come up Mm. um, where it probably is way more project-based Um, And the only thing I want to add on this topic about like kind of transitioning to different departments is sometimes, or at least in my experience when I was a PA, there is like a networking aspect to it where you can kind of meet people around the department and see who you deal with, uh, especially when it comes to leadership. And then they might like select you as a more junior person to be on their team based on how well you get along. So I definitely felt like um, when I was transitioning to story or um, certain departments, like people, <laughs> I will, I think I can be frank about this. Yeah. That like, like the leadership on Ralph like scheduled coffee chats for me to meet people, which were sort of scheduled under the guise of like oh let's meet and have coffee but I think we're sort of feeler coffee chats to make sure that like I would gel on their team mm-hmm. um so I do think networking and um just getting along with people and like you guys were saying being adaptable is definitely an asset that um is taken into consideration when they're like building their prod staff so um yeah something to keep in mind So another question we got from a listener is, what are your thoughts on the production to artist career path? Because I think there is this, Mm -hmm. um, some, some people might have this belief of like, uh, wanting to get into production as a, like a a stepping stone and then transition into being an artist. Do you guys, (laughs) is there, what do you think about that? (laughs) I, I love chatting like art and production management with Alea and I'm curious how this goes. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's not as restricting as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honest mm. with you, with you, yes. Um, so, um, I will say though, when someone is interviewing for a production person, you, I feel like they want to keep them in production. To be honest, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. they don't want to yeah. be a stepping stone. They want you to be a production person, and they can yeah. bring you up to be more. So um, I think I, I remember when I was in college, a lot of that was happening where artists would be a PA or they would do internship as a PA and they were really good at it. But their mm-hmm. goal was to be storyboard or to be whatever they wanted to be. And I'm sure it probably got a little frustrating 
to be honest with you because yeah. it, it was like a kind of a trend at least again I, I wasn't in these internships but from what i'm hearing from like you know my um my fellow students like it, it happened all the time and mm-hmm. i remember hearing about like how it um you know it got to the point where like they would ask them do you want to be an artist or do you want to be a production person because mm-hmm. it was getting so like normal for them to you know because wow. these, these you know these kids were great they're talented you know they had these art skills we're gonna get them we're gonna get them for storyboarding and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um so i feel like if anything like if you want to be an artist you should apply as an artist you want to be production you should apply as a production and you know and if it if there is something where you have opportunity and all of a sudden it's great and you go into creative side that's awesome you know it's great but like also i will say again that times have changed and Mm -hmm. artists can be production people and production people can be artists so you shouldn't Mm -hmm. like just limit it you know Mm -hmm. Um, i agree with you yeah. And I, I feel like just to like back you up, like to provide the reasoning for it is like I feel like production management doesn't always get its due and it's underrepresented and we are like its own craft in itself. And Definitely. there's so much value to it in training. So if someone's going to train you starting as a PA, they really hope to grow you. Yeah. And so I feel like this conversation, it's super interesting. I, I think it's super <laughs> fascinating. I would love to like hear Katie's thoughts on it too because you did make the <laughs> yeah. leap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just feels like... I think times have changed and I love that we can have like conversations like this and be transparent. I do feel like it takes so much discretion and it used to be like a very hush hush, like forbidden, forbidden discourse topic. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We're airing all that out. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely talk about it. Like I remember, like I can say very honestly, I did not go into production management with the intention of jumping ship at all I did no intention of using it as a stepping stone I like genuinely wanted to be a producer and sometimes I still think about producing um but over time working as a PA I could kind of feel myself feeling the pull towards the creative side um and I yeah I genuinely enjoyed being a PA I found the work very rewarding I felt good at it um, and I liked, there are still parts about it that I miss. I miss being a part of the big picture and really knowing what was going on with the film as a whole. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty isolated now like, yeah. working on my <laughs> shot where I'm like, I don't even know if this shot is going to stay in the movie, <laughs> but, um, but I did feel my, I did feel a pull towards wanting to do something creative, um, for my job and like while I was working as a PA I saw Ben's career in animation kind of taking off and um could tell that I was very interested in that um but yeah navigating the switch was definitely tricky where I heard that they were allowing internal applicants for the apprentice program and I went to the info session and I felt like I had to hide like walking into the info session (laughs) and like I didn't want to like like reply yes to the info session (laughs) to show where I was going because I kind of talked about my interests with others and some people kind of warned me like oh someone else tried to do that and it didn't go so well and they were sort of like blackballed but but um 
like we were saying, it's definitely a changing landscape. Like there's mm-hmm. been some major shifts in leadership and shifts in attitude where people are more supportive and open-minded about the switch. And and I certainly navigated it from a point of like, I'm very happy in production management. I'd be happy to stay here. And I'm curious about this other discipline as opposed to I'm only using production <laughs> management as a stepping stone and I secretly hate it. I like definitely tried to show full respect to the opportunities I had in production management and just a healthy curiosity about animation. <laughs> nice. Um, Very well articulated. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way I approached it. And luckily, the attitude at Disney was super supportive and encouraging. And they accepted me into the program. And it was just like this dream opportunity where they said, like, if it doesn't work out in animation and you hate it or, like, you don't quite meet the standard or something, you can always go back to your PA job. So I knew I had job security, um, which was really just, like, the healthiest way to grow and try something new. Um, And it, yeah, it worked out. So, like, bottom line, (laughs) I would say, like, this isn't really the path you want to take my path. Like it's not very direct and <laughs> it's like pretty confusing, but it's an option if you, I or I would say it's always an option to try something and then try something else. Um, like you don't have to try, just choose one thing and stay in it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely explore and kind of <laughs> meander <laughs> through different opportunities um, and I still feel very much like my production background helps my animation. Um, and perhaps someday if I go into leadership roles, I think it will really come in handy in yeah. terms of like bidding a department or, um, yeah, just being aware of feasibility and deadlines and that kind of thing. So I am very grateful for every opportunity mm-hmm. I've had mm-hmm. <laughs> as diplomatically as I can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It's that's, really great. That's awesome to hear. Honestly, I feel like I, I feel like you you use the word navigating, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. the perfect word for it. Yeah, it just takes discussion, and I feel like nowadays, especially, there's so many opportunities. It's like our career is really long, and so you might discover something about the process or yourself where you yes. you want to change and pivot. And mm-hmm. I think it's becoming more forgiving to change, but it just takes um, that discussion. And Definitely. I, I did want to throw out, like, I feel like TV especially, there's so many projects and there's so much turnover and movement that I've seen a lot of success where people enter as PAs and if they work really hard and I think they perform well in their PA roles, their mentors like feel invested in their long-term goals. And I think Katie, mm-hmm. you're an example, like you did really well as a PA. People get invested in like, well, okay, well, what are your long-term goals? And like, yeah, maybe we can definitely. help shape it. So I feel like it does mm-hmm. happen. Um, it just, takes navigating (laughs) yeah definitely yeah and the better relationships you have around the studio the more people will support you if you're interested in exploring something else and what's cool about I'll just like toot Disney's horn a little bit is like my my path isn't totally unique like we know of several others who have made career switches we've talked about Ellen Ostergar before who went from Anim to Story and um, I know another production coordinator who got to direct one of our short circuits so it's not totally unheard of that people get to kind of stretch or experience stretch opportunities 
Um, I know Environment Modeling Soup, who also got to try VizDev. So, like, I guess I say this just to say you don't necessarily have to pick one thing. You might be able to explore multiple. And um, it's, yeah, hopefully you can find a place where you can grow and try that out. Very true. So the next thing I wanted to bring up is we discussed earlier on in the episode how both Demi and Alea are really amazing artists as well as working in production. And we kind of wanted to talk about how you guys balance those two things. Um, Specifically, kind of two-part question of how does your artistic background inform your production management performance? And just generally, how do you guys balance um, being artists versus your job? I actually love this topic. I think it's really like personally meaningful. And I always think it's really exciting when I meet uh, production people who have creative or artistic backgrounds, because it's really fun to see how it manifests at work. And I just think it's really extra rewarding and magical to get to have an opportunity at work to like let that side of us like shine. Um, And I think it manifests itself in different ways and how our artistic background informs our day to day jobs. Um, I know just even on Frozen 2 in lighting, it was really great because I started to get positive feedback from my production supervisor who got feedback from artists who were saying, I've never worked with someone who gave me such great, like comprehensive notes before, or one artist actually went, yeah, and one artist actually went out of their way to say, I can tell that Demi has an artistic background because of her notes, like they're so great. Yeah, and it's like, I like that, you know, if I'm writing about how the scene's volumetric lighting or atmospheric perspective has tweaks, like I I got your back, you know? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then I guess the best example to kind of paint a picture of, um, more examples is I was production coordinator on um, VizDev for Trolls World Tour. And that was actually like probably one of the highlights of my career so far was because I really did get to bring my artistic background to the forefront when I worked. I think it was because I gained a lot of trust from my production designer and art director, but because they were so busy, I wanted to help be productive. And so I would help like provide a first pass on Photoshopping a marketing presentation of all our artwork for when we presented to like consumer products teams. Or I actually helped our um, physical artwork artist, uh, Priscilla Wong. She would be really busy actually making the physical artwork, but she would need her stock resupplied. So she trusted me and sent me out to go shop for embroidery thread. And like she trusted that I knew what her color sense was. So I got to help pick her, her like embroidery colors out for her, which was really cool. And um, I also work really closely with our art director, Tim Lamb. And I, I have two examples that like stick out. One of them was um, because I was the coordinator, I was for VizDev, I was keeping track of every single approved artwork and every single piece of art that we were going to present for director reviews and such. And so the way I would present things, I knew how he thought. And so I would first, um, for a presentation, like make the first slide like his color key and it's atmospheric, it's storytelling, it's characters set in an environment and it's a storytelling moment. So it kind of like sucks you in at first. And then I would introduce each character design individually to introduce us to the cast of characters. And then I would wrap up the presentation and the last slide would be like his final lineup of all the characters that we just saw individually, but all placed in a lineup for scale and relationships with each other. And so when I would pitch this pass to him, like I think he could really appreciate that like I was thinking through how to present and like really showcase and demonstrate his designs. So that was just like one less thing on his plate to do, but I would like run it by him. And then my favorite story about like how it's helpful just to have that artistic background is um, we have to um, 
pick Pantone color swatches for marketing. So I would print out a color correct image of our character and then I would do a first pass of picking out Pantone color swatches for like their shirt, their hair, their skin. And mm. it was funny because I was going over one of the characters with him and I had the Pantone book with me and he was like, you know what, this swatch, I think this red needs to be a little bit more green. And I was like, okay, let's go to the red. So I was like flipping through the Pantone book to my bookmark pages of reds. And like, I think he like, took himself out a moment for a second to be like, I don't think if you weren't a painter, you would have you wouldn't have understood what I said when I said, make the red a little more green. But because I knew <laughs> totally. what he meant, like we were just on the same wavelength. And I think that's what's nice is like, it's not really so much like showing that you have an artistic background. It's just being on the same wavelength as someone and being really in sync. Like that just really helps like the smoothness of a production so i would have taken the great. paint bucket paint bucket tool of like red or whatever and just like put it on <laughs> not knowing at all right it's so fun that's it's, awesome so it's really fun to just kind of bring yourself to the table like that and then actually i have a fun story when we talk about um how it's surprising when someone has an artistic background but does like a production role um our film and tv clearance specialist adria at dreamworks she actually used to be a digital ink and paint um, artist on like Spirit and Sinbad and mm. wrote to El Dorado. And now she's actually working in the legal department and she reviews every single piece of artwork that gets approved by directors for legal clearances. And she said that her artistic background helps her when she reviews all this artwork to make sure that it's all legally clear. So nice. I thought that's also like that's just like a really cool example. Like you just never know. Um, there's so many animation jobs out there and it always helps to be a visual person, you know? So cool. <laughs> I love awesome. that. I'm glad. Thanks, awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you because, um, I will say when it comes to just being an artist and the day to day, um, sort of, uh, interactions with other artists at the studio, um, mm -hmm. it really makes me think about how I'm going to present information to them, to be honest. Um, because it's, it's like in my head, I'm like, okay, so how would I want to be, especially if it's unfortunately have to be maybe bad news, like maybe your shot is on hold or maybe, you know, whatever, you know, so, or you have to do a redo and your shots come back. It's the third time, you know, no, right. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so real, the struggle. So, um, so just, and I know like artists get so tired cause it's like, okay, like, I'm done with this. Like it's, it's over. Like I can move on with my life and have something new into something inspiring. And I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so I really take into like, okay, like if I, if it were me, like how would I, you know, would want to be approached with this issue? Um, just because like, you know, like the production person knows that like, okay, this may be the third time the shots come around or this may be like a really hard shot and they worked so hard and now it's cut, you know, like or something. So um, just like right. that, just having kind of that like perspective really helps too with like just kind of talking to them about difficult situations that happen every day in the, in the production. Um, I will say when I was on like I, I will agree with Demi. You don't have to tell people you're an artist. It just, yeah. <laughs> it just pretty much is a natural thing that comes up um, mm -hmm. in the studio. Like, and uh, I experienced it a lot when I was actually in Creative Legacy because I was working upstairs um, a lot in um, 
bunch of development and just with those artists and with you know a lot of the veteran artists and stuff and like they would say some sort of lingo and I'd be like oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then I you know would just be like yeah and this 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 right and they just would turn to me and be like what and they're like <laughs> are you an artist and I'm just like oh yeah I am and like okay because yeah. I know like you wouldn't know this word if you were not an artist so it, it's really funny um and in turn, awesome. it really kind of opens up the conversation to other things. Like, I just love how it, once they find out, it's just like, oh, okay, so, like, where did you go to school? And all this other stuff just kind of opens up. And it's really it's really cool to see because a lot of the people that I was talking to in Legacy are, like, they're veterans. They've been at the studio 15, 20 years, and they've been working on, you know, all these other great you know, films that I grew up with, like Aladdin and, you know, Tangled and all that other stuff. So um, it's just it's just one of those things that it comes naturally. Like, yes. I would definitely not force it, obviously, but it's just totally. it's a great thing when it happens. And it also just gives you more understanding with, uh, you know, with just the hard topics to, to deal with. So totally. That's a great point. It like, it builds like instant trust and mm-hmm. like connection and empathy. And actually, as I was talking, I did also feel like, oh, it should come naturally. Like, I feel like listeners should know, like, I I, I kind of see it this way. It's kind of delicate and you kind of want it to like emerge naturally because yeah. I, I personally have to keep it down, play down because like, I feel like I would never want a professional like veteran artist to think that I would ever conflate like my like foundational background knowledge to like where they're at so it's only when it's like productive and helpful and like relevant to like contributing as a production person where it's it's, yeah for sure like if they if they have like um you know brought in the opportunity to be like hey what do you Mm -hmm. think like absolutely but I you know never never will I ever say like hey I'm an artist like I never ever did it before (laughs) by the way (laughs) by the way you know Um, because you know it's just not needed it's not it's not like it's not what I'm there for you know I'm just here to help and if it happens to come up just because I know something or I say some sort of lingo then hey what that's great and now we have you know we have more things in common but um other than that it's just it just really helps with with just like understanding just more of like a person's reactions to things that happen because you know like how would I react to this like this sucks you know but I you know so yeah um but 100% with you yeah yeah that's so cool I would have never kind of thought about that but like you know if you come from an artistic background in your production you know what it means to like lose all that work so you know how to communicate it to or you you yeah like you said like you know how it would feel so you can empathize Mm -hmm. I love I love that. I never kind of that never occurred to me. So that's really cool. Um, going to our second part of the question, balancing being an artist versus our job is tough. It is yeah. so yeah. hard. I mean, let alone like being an artist and you're trying to do your own personal stuff like outside mm-hmm. of work. I'm, I'm sure that's like daunting. Um, yes. And for us, it, it's the same thing because we, we all go on OT. You know, we're all like doing all this other stuff. And I will say like, I mean, completely honest with you like there were there was a period of time where I could not draw I couldn't draw because I was way too busy and it was like months and months and months and months and months and I just did not pick up a pen or I did not pick up you know my iPad or anything like that um and you know it is it's tough but then it's not tough because my other side of my brain is just like well I have 
things to do. Like, you know, I, I'm a production, you know, management person. So I'm not like suffering because I'm not doing my art. It's just I'm doing something else that I love, you know. Um, but it, it does get tough when, you know, you get kind of rusty because you always need to just keep on doing it and practice. So I think that's like the most frustrating part is that I have to get back on the wagon again and be like, okay, like, or get back on the horse and just be like, all right, like, let's do this one more time because I'm so rusty now. I think me and Dim were talking about how we're like, we need to take like life drawing classes because yeah. our <laughs> gestures are so stiff now and everything. And so, yep. um, but I tried to, I learned from Frozen 2, like to just like try to do it like at least like maybe once like on a Saturday or Sunday like just like sketch mm. um and like save big challenges like you know like the October challenges and the May challenges save that like if you really want to <laughs> do it but don't pressure yourself because it's, it's just <laughs> yeah. so hard you know um totally but yeah just pacing yourself I, I would say like at least once a day especially if we're in crunch <laughs> try to draw something yep I'm with you I Alea had mentioned, um, you know, artists who draw all day for their full-time job and then go home and work on their personal art or manage their Etsy account or do like a special custom piece for like a gallery or a show. I always go back to that thought because I'm like, I don't have that endurance or reliability to do that all day and then go home and do more. So at least I have that where like during the day, like I'm organizing, I'm scheduling, I'm like working with artists and maybe getting inspired by the work that I see. And then at some point after work, even if it's just once a week, um, I'm like creating something for myself. And it's, it's, it just feels more manageable to look at it that way where like, no, I'm not being asked to draw full time and draw on the side. I'm just drawing on the side. So that's made it a little bit fun. And I think for me too, like drawing is a way to unwind and relax at the end of the day, especially like figure drawing where you're kind of zoning out and just drawing whatever is in front of you like that's relaxing so it's just like one of the like hobbies you can pick up after work to decompress which is nice too so interesting it's like i could see both sides of it of it being more relaxing to draw at the end of the day if you've done your production is like your primary thing you do during the day because it's it's something different Mm -hmm. versus it being just exhausting like i can see it both sides of, (laughs) of it um but that's that's super interesting insight. Yeah, it could be a stress stress relief too. So mm-hmm. you know, you could just be, you know, like it's been a tough day. I need to just like take it out on this artwork, right? So, and a lot of artists yeah. do that. So it it it's you know mainly for that too. I use it mostly for my imagination has been kind of locked in a box the entire week. I need to just like just do stuff um, on my mm-hmm. iPad just to like kind of push it out so I have some sort of voice um you know visually um so that's what I usually use it for yeah those are great points yeah so for our next question this is a big juicy one that everybody wants to know and it's that basically do you have any general tips for applying to a production job Mm. if I'm in school or if I'm a young professional right now I have no connections within the within the industry or anything what what sort of edge can you give me, if any, for, <laughs> for applying? Ooh. Well, actually, the first thing that comes to mind um, just when looking at resumes is I think a trend or a pattern is like I see people with like really great resumes, but 
maybe like what you're saying, like you have a hospitality background or like you don't have an experience with animation before. I, I really want to see, in addition to your cover letter, just like an objective line on your resume that just spells it out to the recruiter. Like it just makes it easier mm. for them to just be mm. like, oh, okay, this person really wants to apply their background and experience to this animation studio and mm. like that's a great tip. yeah that's their interest that's it just yeah. makes it so much easier for them when they're going through stacks of resumes to just be like oh i'm wondering about this person's story but then here they are spelling it out for me in one line so mm. that's my tip i think that's <laughs> awesome that's great. tip jar tip spoilers jar. <laughs> we've had like 12 tip jars <laughs> yeah. yeah well i mean piggybacking off of um demi that's actually that was in my resume, an objective. Nice. And it was yes. it was very yeah. short. It was to the point. It was not a paragraph. Do not make it a paragraph. <laughs> um, you know, um, so yes, objective. Um, I will say it's it's tough during these times um, mm-hmm. to get yeah. to get a little a little, you know, a step ahead from the, the competition, basically. Uh, what worked for me was networking obviously um mm. and going to conventions and when i say going to conventions i even went to wonder actually wonder is where i officially met my recruiter oh wow crazy because it's WonderCon. but wow. I, yeah. I read the program i saw i was like that person's on a panel i'm just gonna buy a ticket and i'm gonna meet them i'm, I'm just oh, gonna man, try it out that's awesome and i literally went to that panel and i like you know it was a great panel but then like at the end i was i went up and i'm like hey my name is so-and-so we've been emailing each other i just wanted to let you know that i was here and it's great to meet you oh. and all of a sudden she she was just like like a month later she's like okay interview time like she knew i was serious like wow. she knew i was that's serious incredible. because like i just took that effort like just stuff yeah. like that we were like mm-hmm. I'm just going to just go for it just because I just, I, I just got to just put myself out there. Um, yeah, that's huge. I think that that would be great. Um, for, for this time, I would say try to use social media to help you out. Like there are obviously different um, opportunities now, different groups that can help you uh, with, with like portfolio reviews and resumes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So doing that is great. I know when I was waiting for my break, I went back to school. <laughs> like I was mm, like, I can't yeah. be idle because when I get idle, I get really unhappy. And so mm. I was like, well, let me perfect things that I am bad at. So I actually went back to art and I was like, I suck at perspective. Let me go back wow. to perspective. Oh. Let me go to background yeah. design at this community college that had a great program that no one knows about. And I was like, let me just go ahead and do this real quick. And also I can meet this teacher. I can meet this art, these artists and I can network and I can be like, Hey, like if they ever get in, I was your classmate, you know, it was just stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Um, So just anything to kind of keep your mind like occupied. uh, Mm -hmm. Cause like, it took me a long time. Like I was at Disneyland for 10 years. Like wow, wow. it took me a long time. Like I graduated during the first recession. Like it was, it was wow. crazy yeah. when yeah. no one could mm. get a job. So, yeah. um, so if you really want it, you're, you're just sort of like, okay, like I'm going to buckle down, like see what I can do to make this happen. Cause mm-hmm. I've, I've seen a lot of people that gave up and they're not, they're not happy. And I was yeah. like, and I, and I did, I was like, maybe I should be a nurse. Maybe I should be a doctor. Like, mm. like you know, my 
my parents want me to be and they were very supportive you know like my mom was very supportive of me when it came to art and everything but then I was like well let's be practical mm-hmm. I'm not getting mm-hmm. anywhere this is like you know this is five year five for me at Disneyland I'm not getting anywhere yeah. maybe I should sure. go to school for for something else and then mm-hmm. I was like I'm not happy I'm only happy when I draw mm-hmm. okay I'm gonna go into an art program and I'm gonna try production mm-hmm. management still you know so uh, if anything like I would say just Keep yourself busy, but keep yourself busy where it's relevant to your profession. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's honestly like a testament to like who you are too. Like you're constantly working on yourself no matter what. Like I think that's really amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are are so many things I want to like reiterate in the interest of time. I'll, I'll like breeze through them super fast, but there are three big things you guys touched on that I love. Um, one, what Alea just said, where it was like, there's a difference between being busy and being productive sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because you're pulling all nighters and keeping yourself busy doesn't mean you're necessarily doing the right thing. It has to be a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Relevant. Deliberate, relevant, yes. focused, uh, calculated yeah. and focused mm-hmm. thing where it's like, okay, I am lacking in these skills. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put my energy into that. And we've talked about it in the past with like, okay, if you're drawing the same thing all the time, you want to be in viz dev and sure you can be doing that until 4am every night, but like you're not necessarily growing as an artist in the Mm -hmm. same way for production or anything. Um, You can definitely be busy, but in ways that will not really benefit you. So it's really, it's great to, you know, just blindly working isn't necessarily making progress. I love that you brought that up. The other thing was, um, with Alea following up and meeting with this recruiter that, and then you were able to say, you know, Hey, we've been talking for a while. You know, I did this and this to show that I'm committed. And so often we talk about, and I know I was there too, where it, as a student, you want things to be immediate and be like, okay, I had an interview mm-hmm. with this company. It has to turn into a job or I emailed this person. It has to be a job. But the fact of the matter is that's, very much the minority of the time that happens, yeah. you know, what most often, most often happens is you develop relationships with recruiters and artists, and then down the line opportunities come about and you've consistently demonstrated that you're committed and, and that you're into this thing. So then, you know, X amount of months or years from now, an opportunity comes up and then it all works out. Yes. And lastly, the thing was uh, what Demi and Alea just said, uh, talking about uh, resumes and stuff. And I, I want to harp on this because in the past, in past episodes, we've talked about those not mattering as much. And let me say again, that's for like character animators, you know, because that's yeah. your, your demo reel and stuff matters for that. But for production management, that is such an important thing. A lot of times that's like the mm-hmm. only physical thing. Yep or yeah. only tangible thing the recruiter has on you. So the importance of that skyrockets. So I just wanted to give another nudge for like, that is yeah. so important That's for great. this particular part of the pipeline. And I'm so glad you guys brought that yeah. up. Let's also talk about um, interviewing since we touched upon it a little bit. Do you guys have any tips for our listeners on like your experience with the interviews, what types of questions you got, maybe even like what should somebody wear to an interview <laughs> with production management? Mm-hmm. Just anything you can kind of shed light on with the interview process. Um, I'll go. 
I've done a lot. <laughs> so I would say uh, I I was very traditional, even though I feel like it's very casual now, even for, mm-hmm. for women. Um, I was very much like dressed the nines, <laughs> yes. very, very, you know, very business casual. Like I just uh-huh. couldn't not be that way because I just, yeah. even though it probably wasn't necessary, it just showed that I'm serious. I'm yes. serious about this. Like, I really, mm-hmm. really am, like, looking at this as, like, this is a professional thing. And my interviews are super casual. They were, mm-hmm. So it, I always enjoyed them. They're great. Mm-hmm. But I just couldn't bring myself to wear jeans. Like, I could not do that. Mm-hmm. I could wear, like, you know, obviously, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, black breast pants or something. But other than, I yeah. could not do that or wear plaid or, you know, plaid shirt. No. Like, ne- never. You know? <laughs> right. Um, I just, I just couldn't do it. You know, um, when it came to the interview questions, um, I was in a different situation because I, I, (laughs) it got to the point where I interviewed a lot and I would meet the same people. So, um, so what I did and which was great about me working at Disneyland was that, um, and I would suggest anyone do this. You should just do this in general. You need to make sure that when you when you like think of your examples of like your examples of like being a people person, your examples of being like a problem solver, it's mm-hmm. it's it's like it's it's basically um, it is pertaining to like that moment, um, and it's not like a year ago. It should have happened um, yeah. like a month or like not even a month, maybe two weeks ago. This is what happened mm, to me yeah. this week. That's like great. so yeah. the again cuz I'm at Disneyland there's so much happening. I have great examples. <laughs> yeah. I have awesome examples. So everything mm-hmm. is fresh and I can clearly and I didn't make it up. I can clearly say like no, this is what happened. This is the problem. This is how I solved it and this is mm-hmm. what I did. Like and that and that like I think kind of set me apart. I wasn't like going back to like this is what happened that one time <laughs> yeah. or whatever it was like no like, back when i was 10 yeah or something. <laughs> yeah. back when i was 10 um you know so it was just it so i basically made sure that i decided to like i'm like no i'm gonna make sure they know that i am still like doing like exactly what i'm supposed to do and it yeah. pertains to production management and everything is good you know that kind of thing so i did that mm-hmm. i also had fun questions i had like because you know you always have questions after you know, yes like, oh, do you have any questions you can always have it. i would always like ask a serious question but then i'd be like oh let me let me ask a really fun crazy question just to like throw them off to see like you know because at least like <laughs> you know um and, and and that's how they remember me too it's like oh oh no one asked me that before let me think you know that kind of thing. yes so that was kind of my thing too Thing. So um, <laughs> this is amazing advice. Like people are gonna ace their yeah. interviews. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's what I did. Some of the stuff that I did. <laughs> so, Everyone starts asking like Quirk. crazy questions yeah. in yeah. interviews now. <laughs> yeah. Quirky questions. I actually like that though because it does set you apart. Yeah, for sure. Alea, you gave such good advice. Um, I'm just gonna try to like cement what you're saying. I feel like when you by the time you get into an interview, it's good to just kind of boost yourself up and pep yourself up to say, 
okay, someone looked at my resume and they were like interested enough to want to meet me. And mm-hmm. so I feel like the interview is just like cement their impression of you and really like assess your convictions. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's good to come in there and understand that like your role is to interface with a lot of people and work on teams. So they're trying to just like assess like who you are like in person. Cause like, I feel like in person you have an aura and this attitude. And I feel like that's like that special sauce that they're also trying to see if you have. So mm-hmm. it's good to like have your resume ready and like be able to give like awesome evidence, like of problem solving, just like Aleo saying and tell those mm-hmm. stories. And then remember that like, you're also trying to just like prove to them that you're someone that they're going to enjoy working day in and day out with. I think that's a good approach to going to interviews instead of blindly being nervous in general. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, pep yourself up. Like, they were interested enough to, like, look at your resume and be like, I want to meet them and see who they really are in person and get a sense of who they are even more. So you've mm-hmm. got this, you know, when you go interview, you've got it. <laughs> and if you mess up, it's okay. We've talked about that before. Like, just own it, you know, like, <laughs> just yeah. acknowledge that you messed up and people will find that okay, mm-hmm. I It happens think. to everyone. Yeah. 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 And be yourself. You know, yeah. like, do not, you know, don't put on this happy facade, you know, just, <laughs> you know, like, it, just be yourself, be yourself. It's, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> that's who they're expecting to hire and like, yeah. like, expecting you to be like that all the time. So you don't, you just want to be you. Yeah. That is yeah. great yeah. stuff. And well said, you know, a lot of what we hear from you guys about production is like how important your soft skills are mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how important you are in person meeting people and that transitions uh pretty nicely into one of our last questions we had from listeners which is what has the impact um of like stay at home and quarantine been on your jobs considering it's so important in production to like interface with people like and i just Mm -hmm. i'm so interested to hear like how that has affected you guys um looking at a lot of screens that's for sure. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's different for me because my team is pretty small, so mm. um, it's not as bad. I feel just because my team is very small, mm. um, and we still have check ins like every other day and stuff like that, and we have like you know we texts and stuff, Slack, all that stuff. Uh, we still do and everything to make sure that everyone's okay. Um, so, but other than that, it's it's not as different as I thought it would be, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but again, it could be also because I'm in a different department. I I, I don't really know animation wise, like what <laughs> if I was in animation, how this would transition over. Um, you know, like I don't have dailies, so that's mm-hmm. definitely I feel like that would be a very very crazy change. If I were in that department, if I if I were in a shotgun department um, or a shot department in general, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm 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 pretty with you, Alea. I feel like I feel special. Like I feel like it's been not especially bad because we were introduced to our team like beforehand. Or at least mm-hmm. I was, so I kind of had a working relationship with everyone. So I didn't have to like build or forge like new relationships while on this job, like just through gotcha. Zoom. So that's been helpful. But it is like nonstop Zoom meetings. Like I feel like people yeah. say like when you're in the studio, you can stop by for a coffee or like go to the 
restroom and here zoom is like everything's on time on schedule yeah. so it's yeah. a lot of like yeah. being yeah. on <laughs> mental energy yeah. yeah makes sense but it is pretty amazing that we're still able to like really go full force and every day yes. i'm like wow we're making a movie <laughs> yeah cool. i know yeah. my god yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it is amazing all right so we're coming towards the end of our episode which means that it is time for the very popular segment inside the animator studio Change to what for this episode? Oh, right. Inside the producer studio. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, we're going to be awesome. inclusive. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yay. So for this section, we're going to pretty much go rapid fire and ask you guys just some fun fact questions mm-hmm. so our listeners can kind of get a taste of your personalities. So let's, we're going to go rapid fire. So I'll ask you a question and we'll go Alea first, Demi second, and you guys can just answer um, kind of as quickly as possible in the interest of time for you guys. So, (laughs) (laughs) so kick it off with what is your favorite drink? Me. So my favorite drink is, um, it's actually a French gimlet. I've never um, heard of that. It's, well, gin lovers out there. (laughs) <laughs> um, it is gin Saint-Germain with a splash of lime. It's delicious. Oh, I Whoa, love Saint-Germain. That mm-hmm. sounds lovely. Delicious. OMG. Is there a certain type of gin that's best with that? Do you um, know? Uh, I'm I, asking that as I, if I know what different types of gins are, but I, usually <laughs> I understand it, there are. <laughs> there are different types. I usually have it with Hendrix um, uh, gin. Hendrix gin. Oh, lovely. Nice. Sounds terrific. And, and you, Demi? Mine's not as fancy, but it's just a mojito. <laughs> hey. Oh, hey. Something nice. refreshing Very good. and easy to drink. Noob question. What actually is a mojito? I don't even know. <laughs> I just know it's like minty. But yeah, like... it's muddled with mint. I like blackberries in it. It's usually... Oh, like, yeah, okay. yes. You do vodka. Yum. Yeah. It's mm, just like awesome. sparkling and refreshing. Mm. Oh, yeah. Man, two great picks for sure. Okay, next question. Can you name a particular movie, shot, character, or an artist that inspires you the most? Ooh, tough one. That is really... And you can name multiple things. Uh, <laughs> that is so tough. Like, I can't... Like, if you want to say Garrett and Katie, that's fine. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I don't... Dude, do you have any... I, I want to pass, because I don't know yet. All right, I'll buy yeah. you time. I'll buy you Thank time. You. <laughs> Mine's easy, because I already mentioned Tangled, but... I'll I'll oh. say Glenn Keane because I think oh, it's not yeah. just his it's art, great. but just like his attitude. Like he's just like so into what he makes and like expressions. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he just expresses himself so well. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. He, I can't imagine like a young Glenn Keane because he seems like <laughs> such a perfect like grandpa, you oh, know? Yes. That like, like, wise, like <laughs> Yeah, more. exactly. Yeah. That I imagine like 19-year-old Glenn Keane was basically the exact same, you know? <laughs> 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 um, okay, so I have something that I, I'm going to go back to Fantasia because I love that movie mm. so much. Um, oh, nice. The Nutcracker mm. Suite. <gasps> I love so good. that um, art and music because I'm my mother she loves music and so she had me like learn a whole bunch of instruments when I was a kid so yeah. like just blending that together was so great so I, it's like I love a nutcracker so yeah that's awesome that's, that's really a great good one. pick nice okay next 
What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? <laughs> a really simple one for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I, have, I actually have this one. I actually have this oh, one. Nice. <laughs> um, it's okay to not be first place. Mm, you know, that it's, great. that's great. It's actually okay. Like that's what practicing and you know trying to be your best is all about. Is it's you don't have to be first place the first time. You can always better yourself. That's awesome. That's, I like gosh, that. Yes. That helps with Amazing. like Fantastic. that helps with what we were talking about with like being too hard on yourself. It's like mm-hmm. you don't have to be number one. Yeah. 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 I always say I would pick most improved player over most valuable player any day of the week. Ooh. So mm, yeah. 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 That's that great. Totally applies. For sure. Demi? Um, for me, <laughs> my very first job, I was really close to my art director. He used to be in between artists at Disney. And we had a lot of conversations and he always mentored me. But one of the biggest takeaways he gave me was you never know where you're going to end up in 10 years. So you might mm. as well just keep working at whatever you want to work at. And I take that with me like all the time is like no matter what is whatever you put towards your efforts like you never know where it's going to go in 10 years so you might as well just enjoy it and see where it leads you mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah man that's great those are great ones yeah thank you guys so much mm-hmm. last question which is probably the most frequent question that anybody ever receives who's in the industry is there anything you wish you knew as a student or a young professional that you now know? Another way to phrase yeah. this is, is there anything you would tell your younger self? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point, too. There's a lot of overlap with, like, the advice one, too. Yeah, um, yeah, so that's true. Don't feel pressured. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. I would probably say to my younger self, just because it's an exclusive private college does not mean that it's the right one for you. Mm. public colleges are fine too and they have again like i'm in the community college i went to fullerton college it has a really good program art program that i learned background like you know like people don't think of community colleges as the top you know like oh they don't you know it's just like the in-between it's like no like they have value too you know and just because it's a private college and it costs a lot of money does not mean that it's the best choice. So just yep. keep the, do your research. Keep yeah. that in mind. That's yeah, like revisit. Probably, uh, probably I would say to myself. Episode eleven. I you could not agree. <laughs> yeah, our last yeah. episode. That's, right? yeah. Oh my gosh. You, sure. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, uh, one of the mm. most practical answers we've ever <laughs> received to that question. Mm. And yeah, definitely take that one to heart, listeners. All right, now Demi. <laughs> <laughs> How do I follow that? I guess. Um, if I would tell myself something, it would just be to slow down and enjoy the present. Mm-hmm. I feel like, again, it's like we're always so hard on ourselves. And I feel like until I got to Disney, I was always pushing myself and looking towards the next thing. And even if I had something that like my previous self had wanted for so long, I was always looking towards the next thing and not able to fully like just embrace the moment. And I feel like I wish I could tell her, like, you'll get to where you're going just on time and it's going to be just fine. So just yeah. enjoy the ride. And when I look back, like I have so many great memories, but in those moments, I wish I wasn't so like hard on myself or like pushing yeah. myself to the next thing. Cause it's going to happen. You know, I That's love great. that. Awesome. I think yeah. that can't be overstated. You know, yeah, we put too much on yourself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. I feel like so often we talk about it as it's like one or the other. You're either mm. totally stagnant and happy where you are or you're trying to get to the next level. But like there's a whole huge middle ground where you can be very happy where you are while also striving, <laughs> you know, yes. to get to whatever your next goal is. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's a gosh, that's a tough one. And, and but yeah. it's great. I think the people who tell themselves the most that they're hard on themselves, like they're going to naturally be pretty like hard on themselves anyways, like with like right. high expectations <laughs> and standards. So just like taking it down a notch is not going <laughs> to yeah. harm you or set you back. Right. Tip, Tip job! <laughs> That's uh God, the sound engineering on this podcast is just amazing. It's, it's so good. <laughs> um, so this one, I almost feel silly asking this question because we've had like yeah. a million, <laughs> a million great tips. candidates. But do you guys have any additional random tips you would like to offer to our listeners? Yes. It can be anything. Yeah. I, I kind of want to go back to the resume and cover letter portion just, just great. in tip form um, because yes. we were talking about like your resume and cover letter are the only things that people are going to get an impression from you. So really mm -hmm. use that opportunity to let your voice shine and show in written communicated form like what you bring to the table as a mm. unique individual that is great we actually alaya i'm so sorry i'm just gonna jabber for a while now before <laughs> <laughs> um that it's actually a question we kind of glossed over um but i think it's great it came up organically now because i wanted to hit it again which is uh how okay is it to have your personality shine through like during the mm. cover letter resume interview process for something like production management where you are working at a very kind of loosey-goosey artsy company but you're you guys are kind of more on the administrative. I would argue to say administrative yeah. button down side of things so I would love to hear you guys uh, opinions on that before we get to a layer. Yeah, like can a resume a have some element of design? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Please. Yeah. Actually, please. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. A yeah, little bit tastefully. Yeah. But yes, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> I like the unanimous yes. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I didn't know helps, any of this. If it helps, like, Imagine like all the applicants for a PA position because it's entry level. You're going to have a stack of them. And a lot of them mm. are just going to be black and white, plain text, Arial, Times New Roman. If you yes. just have like your header, like your name in like a tasteful, unique font, maybe a different color, mm. it's just going to stand out and make mm -hmm. you memorable. So That's what great. font should they uh, <laughs> <laughs> Helvetica? That is... Great. And I'll just add mine was black and white and Times New Roman. And I guess it worked out, but maybe err on the side of a little bit more exciting than that. Yeah, yeah. I that know. being said, I mean, it's important to say Katie had kind of a weird trump card, like having like SCAD and Harvard on there was a big thing. Oh, and wow. like, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I say that not to brag about Katie, but to, but to say that Maybe that a very overcame Times New Roman. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and yeah. like more of a practical side that, you know, 99.9% .9 of the people applying to these positions will not have that exact resume or mm -hmm. background. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important to know. Yeah, that yeah. it's a super uh, valuable tip that that's mm. not only is that okay, but it might be welcomed and looked for even. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to yeah. be fair, mine was all in Times New Roman too. <laughs> uh, yeah. The header was like a unique font that I picked. It was called like I think it's online for free called Lemon Chicken, but it's like slightly cursive, oh, but oh, still cool. readable. Nice. Yeah, and it's just readable, yeah. but it says Demi Chen. And then like headers would be like 
a matching color. So it'd just be like a oh, subtle cool. touch just to stand yeah, out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, that sounds super safe. We should provide a yeah. link to your resume. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe. If you guys are open, we would like, yeah, yeah. So much pressure. <laughs> I, I will say, too, like, our job is a lot of written and verbal communication. So, yeah, like, definitely. your descriptions for your job, they don't need to be cut and dry. Like, make your voice shine. Just, like, really tell a story mm-hmm. in your resume of, like, mm-hmm. all those, like, ways you contributed specially. And not just that you organize server folders, but that you significantly enhance how they were you know run mm. so nice. things like that's that awesome. make it vivid i guess yeah that's great i will say also because you, you you mentioned the written oral but also written definitely um please like proofread your emails because that <laughs> is going to that it will like nix you but seriously i'm not, I'm not I, that happened to me one time where i actually i i misspelled something and they were like it's all about the details. Like oh, you can't give man. you a shot because you did this, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, like mm. I, I mean, I told you that I proofread it and that I, I missed it." So, like, it's all about the details. Just make sure you yeah. can do that. Yeah, that's a great that's, tip. Yeah, great. yeah, and you yeah. can get you can ask like a friend or mm-hmm. a spouse or partner to read something for you too, because sometimes you're just blind to it. Yeah, because you yeah, you were the one sure. who wrote it and. Yeah. <laughs> like you have dyslexia or something you can't see it it also so. helps to read it out loud <laughs> i've noticed for myself because yeah. like sometimes i like write my emails and then like my mind like i fill in the errors and then if mm-hmm. i read it out loud it forces me to be like oh that word makes no sense yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's great my my one tip is to be patient <laughs> please that is like my, my major tip because it's not yep. a sprint a marathon i'm not joking it is. Yep. It, it could be a sprint for some people. It's very rare, um, but in the end, like, it's okay to get frustrated. But you have to understand that this is, it's this is a very small industry. It's not as big as you think it is. A lot of people know everyone, and um, and a lot of people that you've admired and you watched are still working. So you need to understand that you have to be patient and just. You know, just keep on, keep it on. That's my mm-hmm. tip. <laughs> yep. So much good knowledge. <laughs> Very helpful. All right. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming on and giving all this useful God. info. It's yes. so valuable. Yeah. yeah um, it was great. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Oh, it was yeah. so fun. Oh. It was really fun. <laughs> So with that, we are officially coming to the end of this episode. Thank you so much to our wonderful guests, Alea and Demi. Thank Thank you. you. Before we go, we wanted to ask you guys, since we are, uh, you know, not to toot our own horns, but we are... God, we're popular. We're oh basically influ- wow, <laughs> humble. Well, we just hit yeah. two thousand followers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying this because Yay. it's actually not true at all. We're very niche, very small community. Um, but we would love for our followers to know more about you guys or anything you guys want to plug or social yeah, media or how anything. How can people find you, follow you? I guess for me, I'm I'm more active on Instagram, so you can just mm-hmm. follow me, uh, B Walker underscore Art, and awesome. you can see my artwork. Also, there you go. Yay. Nice. There for a treat. Aww. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll provide my Instagram too, because that's probably where I'm more active. Um, mine is mm-hmm. Demi dot Draws, so D M I dot D R A W S. Yeah. Awesome. Put this in our show notes as well, so yes, it's super definitely. easy. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, guys. 
Yeah, thank you guys. Amazing stuff. Yeah, so we'll plug our social media next. <laughs> um, so we, you guys can find us um, on Instagram. We are at Animation Happy Hour. We're on Twitter at Anim Happy Hour. We're on Facebook. We have a website, animationhappyhour.com. You can absolutely email us any questions or comments you have, animationhappyhour at gmail.com. Most recently, we recently started a newsletter where you guys can subscribe um, for episode announcements and kind of fun little clickbaity animation-related links. So um, we're not spamming you. It's it's relevant stuff <laughs> like job listings and um, trailers and um, cool demo reels, that kind of thing. So definitely subscribe on our website to the newsletter. All right, so that about wraps up the episode. This has been Garrett. Katie. Ben. Leia. Demi. Thanks for listening to us. Happy, Happy.